And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. Once again, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience. And welcome to episode number 22, where we're taking a little bit, uh, we're, we're, we're not taking it too far uh, back. We're going back to, to 2014. So this is, this is wheelhouse here. This is uh, what everybody should know that's been following the band for a really long time. It's covering all the albums, covering all the bases, and not only that, but... We are covering a territory that we've never covered before, Milan, Italy. Uh, I will not be doing any Italian accents today because I do not want to be known as the guy that just does all the accents on this show. I know I've I've tried it before, but that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do any Italian accents, I've decided. Well, it, it'll, it'll turn out sounding Scottish like it always does. Ah, shut up. <laughs> See that that's part of it too because I I just get harassed by it and I everything I do is is just oh that that's just a Scottish accent anyway so <laughs> at least you have that perfect if you want, somebody needs to request a Scottish show a Scotland show so <laughs> I can just speak in that the whole time maybe that'll work then um, but not only that not only that not only that but we have a special guest on the show it is. Live on Four Legs, Patreon donor Aurelian. I'm not even trying your last name. Moreau? Is it just Moreau? Yes, it's just Moreau. It's fine. Hello, guys. Ah, perfect. How's it going, man? Yeah, fine. Everything's fine. It's awesome to be part of the show. I, I listened to it. I would say I probably started at episode two, uh, thanks to Brad Blazak, who gave a shout out in a single podcast theory. And then I'm, I'm already just a listener of, uh, of your show. That's a, a lot of people have uh, have found us through them, and we've kind of shared a lot of fans, and, and even there was one person uh, that found them through us, which is pretty yeah. cool, and now now we have the Porch Podcast to, uh, to kind of tack on to this, too, and we have a little podcast community here, and uh, it's pretty cool, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to kind of share and, and, uh, and share the community, so... Um, this is, uh, this is, this is going to be fun and I want to talk to you and you're, you're, you're from France. Yes. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things, you know, about Pearl Jam and not just Pearl Jam, but, you know, about going to see them on tour, uh, internationally. And we kind of talked about this, uh, when we talked a couple of days ago, 
Um, but touring in Europe and going to see the band in Europe, how much different is that than going to see in the U.S.? And you haven't, just to clarify, you haven't seen any shows in the U.S. No, only um, in Europe. Only in Europe. So what's it like... Um, that a lot of people say it's it's different than than following the band. It's a lot easier. Probably because the distance are shorter. So um, I live in the northeast of France, meaning that I'm very close to the border with Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and not that far, Italy either. So for some show, I just just drive. For example, I um, I attend two show in Belgium in Werther. It's only a two hour drive, so generally I just work. Go, go to the show in the evening and come back just after the show and work the other day, so it's easier. And for a show uh, for which I have to take a flight, for example, in London, Berlin, or Milan, uh, it's quite easy. You, you know, flights are quite cheaper if you book in advance. Uh, accommodation is not that expensive. And so it's, yeah, I think it's, it's quite easy to do. Uh, a lot of uh, Europeans are following the bands. And uh, more and more uh, Americans from the East Coast are doing several uh, European shows because they told me that it's easier to attend multiple dates in uh, Europe compared to the US. Yeah, I, I you know, it, it's funny when you say that because I, I was telling you that, you know, uh, during doing all these places in Europe and driving to all these places, it feels like it's a shorter commute. Uh, than it would be some of the places like we, you know, if we go to shows on the East Coast, we have Boston, we have New York, we have Philly, which are pretty drivable. Um, but from Boston to Philly, it's about six hours or so a drive. So it's it's doable. But then outside of that area, you get to places like Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh to Philly is like maybe like six or seven hours, which is a while. Um, Hartford, which is in the middle, you know, they'll do Hartford sometimes, but that that's a nice one for New Yorkers and uh, Boston people to both show up at because it's about two hours for both of them. Uh, and it's nice for me because it's, it's almost nothing for me. Uh, and then you got Buffalo, which is about six hours, you know, north and outside of that, you know, other places, they don't really do DC anymore. Uh, you know, other places in Virginia, Virginia is a long drive. A lot of people wouldn't want to do that. So it, it's, you're right. It's, it's tougher. I, I, you know, since we're on 2014 here, I'll kind of, you know, go back to that Memphis show, um, that, the two shows that were sandwiched in between, one was Austin City Limits in Texas, then Memphis, and then Detroit. So if you're if you want to follow the band, you have to spend quite a bit of money in order to do that here. And I think that's it seems like in Europe it's a lot easier to yeah. deal with. Because you in Europe you you can take flights, you can take trains, you can take your car. And there are even some group of fans that are rating, renting private bus to, to follow the bands. So, and the distance are shorter. So, you know, there are, it's, it's doable. Maybe not all the show, but if you want to, in 2018, I, uh, I went to seven shows. And, you know, we have also back-to-back -back dates. So if you have two, two dates in London, two dates in Amsterdam, one in Belgium, one in Germany, Okay, you, you, it's it's really doable. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's definitely a luxury for those shows. 
big places like like London and uh, Amsterdam usually have uh, two nights yes. that they do back to back. So yeah, that is definitely a luxury uh, that you know we only get again in bigger places, Philly, New York, uh, that will get the back to backs. But you know if you live in I don't know, uh, Detroit, you're not going to get back-to-back shows in Detroit, and that's kind of a distance to drive other places. Yes, and I mean, in, in, I, w- I would say everywhere you live in Europe, if you are not far from uh, an airport, uh, reaching London is very, not that much. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, for example, for me, it's only a, a one-hour flight. It, it probably cost me less than $75, uh, so... Wow. No, it's That's, you just have to to book everything in advance and and you're fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, we I went I took a plane to DC and that's about a little less than an hour and I spent more than seventy five dollars for for my plane ticket both ways. So that it's totally uh, you know I envy you guys. You guys have it good. U.S. is all just about the mighty capitalism making the dollar. Understand it, but you know. It it hurts. It hurts when you want to go and follow on tour. So. Yeah. No, and I and I think also it's uh, for it's also easier to get tickets because we we, we there is probably less demand than compared to the East Coast, for example. You know, when you have only two dates in New York, uh, obviously the market is bigger than two dates in Amsterdam. That may, and that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you about. Um, growing up and listening to the band because when we were talking the other day you you said that through you know what you would call what we would call middle school uh, is when you started to learn English and that's kind of when you started to get into the band but um, you know for people out there that might not realize it how how difficult is it to uh, get into a band that doesn't necessarily sing in the language or, you know, per, music is a universal language. So, you know, that that I understand, but like not necessarily processing the ling, uh, the lyrics in English while, uh, you know, but loving the music. Yes, I mean, we, I would say we are kind of used to lis- listening to music that we don't understand. Uh, obviously, when you're young, uh, when I, I discovered Pearl Jam, I was 13 years old, and I had only one year. Uh, I just I just began to to practice English, so I, I did not get all the words on all the meanings. But I would say mu- music comes first, and the, the vibe comes first, and the attitude comes first. So we I don't know. It's something quite natural for us to to hear songs that we don't fully understand because I. In French radio, you can hear uh, music in French, in English, in Italian, in Spanish, sometimes in German, and you you don't get the lyrics, but somehow you can connect to a song without understanding the lyrics. It should feel strange for you, but um, it's hard to explain. But you, and for, I, for example, the first time that I hear German, Jeremy, uh, I, I I think I get the, the whole I, I get. Uh, and I do not get all the meaning of the songs, but I I was hooked by the the, the energy, the, the way the, the song was constructed, and so on. So you, I would say, music comes first and lyrics come after. That makes a lot of sense. And the one thing that I will kind of bring up, um, you know, 
on our side of the pond and you know america is spoiled we have everything you know we all of our movies are are in our native language all of our music is in our native language and if it isn't it can easily be be uh translated um but one of the things that wasn't i'm, I'm i've been trying to think of a a good way to define it the last couple of days and and i think one of the, the best ways i can is um is when Rammstein came out with Duhast. Yes. And that was a really big hit in America where at, at a time where you weren't hearing a, a German band, you weren't hearing that on American radio. And, you know, although we had really no idea what they were saying, we, we, we got the gist after a while, but... You know, it was very easy to understand the lyrics, and not just that, but like the music of that song, it it it, it kind of resonates with you, and everybody remembers "Do Do Hast Do Hast Me." Uh, it's it it kind of gets ingrained in your memory. So I I I totally get that that music can be a universal language, even if you have no idea what they're saying, you do get hooked on the energy, like you were saying. Yes, exactly. I, for example, um, uh, the, uh, there's a band called the Mars Volta. And the yeah, oh, and, no. <laughs> <laughs> But the first, the first uh, um, songs from them that I listened to was uh, actually uh, sung in Spanish. It was uh, Elvia. And I was hooked by the song in Spanish, and then I tried to, and then I turned to... Uh, all the catalog and obviously uh, almost all their songs are in English, but it's, I would say, I, it's the Spanish songs uh, of the Marvotsa that turn me uh, into this band. So sometimes... That's interesting. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know they had Spanish songs. Yes, they had Spanish songs, <laughs> at least I, one. I'm, yeah, I think, because uh, I know they were huge over there. I thought they were Spanish, actually. I, I, I might be wrong on that. Uh, yes, they're from uh, El Paso, Texas. Oh, okay. Okay, then that yeah, that makes sense. That's that's the border. But Matt, Matt and I have an interesting relationship with that band as we've kind of seen them open up for about eight different bands and and have never understood them. You know what? So it's funny that you bring them. Yes, up. but uh, because I've never saw them live, so I, I hope they will reform someday just to be able to 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 see them live but i i really dig their uh, the albums but it's yes it's it's kind of a strange music a lot of their album stuff is very very good but yeah live there they can be a little hit or miss sometimes one of the things i wanted to bring up before we do get into this that they actually there is a version of do host out there that is an americanized version have you ever heard this before not this one no it, yeah it's it's in english and it's um it can go to show that, you know, maybe sometimes it's it's not better in English that, you know, it can it can be uh, worth it to, to be what it is. So I knew that existed, but I've never heard it. No, me it's very awkward. I'm sure. It's I'm sure it's pretty awkward. You, you hate, you hate me. It's just it's, the thing with the uh, with Ramstein, though, is they stayed popular over here. Really? I I maybe it's just me i i thought that they kind of dropped off after that one I, I, that was the one real popular one but they are huge, they are still huge in europe you know uh, they uh, they will tour this summer i think and the doubts are sold out uh, instantly wow oh yeah they 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 still sell out they 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 do yeah. huge gigantic tours it's 
Yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're still, I think, just as popular, if not more popular, than when that song came out here. Yeah. But again, I'm just I'm just talking because I know people that are actual fans. So, I I would I wouldn't I would have guessed that yeah they're probably popular over in Germany and over in Europe, but I would never have guessed that uh, they've they stuck to America as much as as you say they have. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, apparently, their live shows are are like <laughs> some of the most amazing things you could ever I, see. I've seen clips, and from the clip that I remember, well, some of it's horrifying uh, too. Yeah, I'm not, you know, this is not a PG show by any means, but um, I don't think I can repeat what the things that I saw. I, I've seen the same uh, thing, and, and I don't want we, you to repeat it. We, yes, <laughs> we all saw the same things. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We, uh, we'll put together a podcast, things we've seen live that we, uh, we wish we wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be kind of like a therapy group. Oh, boy. Um, let's get, let's get into the show now. Uh, since we have it here, this is Italy and they were kind of doing this, uh, this is, you know, the album came out 2013 for lightning bolt and they did a pretty sizable U S tour for it, uh, in, in the fall. And this was the first time they really hit the, uh, Europe for it. And this is, I believe the third show in that swing. And then after this, they went on to, uh, to play all this, pretty much the same kind of venues that they played uh, this past summer. You know, the Amsterdam's, Berlin, uh, Milan. I'm sure they played Barcelona and some other places. Uh, and then they went on to later in the year play uh, the Midwestern leg, uh, like Memphis and Detroit that we were saying before. Um, Let's get into it, though. Uh, we don't have a recording of this, but it kicks off with Eddie doing acoustic porch beforehand. Yes, exactly. And, uh, so we, We've talked about acoustic porch. You, could, uh, you can go check it out on YouTube. The full concert does have uh, the, the opening as well. Oh, I didn't hear. I, didn't, I listened to the YouTube version. I did not hear there, acoustic so porch. So there's two different videos with the full concert. The first one has the acoustic porch attached to it got it okay is it as it's, bad as it's, we've been well I'll, I'll put it this way it's acoustic porch so you could <laughs> all right we we won't spend too much time on it but i do want to ask uh what was the crowd like when eddie came out there alone because that didn't that didn't really that doesn't happen uh in this modern era pearl jam this is kind of a thing that they did from 1995 through maybe 2003 or so. Yeah. No, it was a nice surprise because we were queuing since uh, 8, uh, 8 a.m. And we entered the venue, I think, at uh, 4 p.m. It, it was very hot. And um, and it's, it was kind of... Uh, it kind of, uh, let's say... Um, provide us some stamina for the show because we I think uh, you know once once you once you have waited all day long you're getting the venue and you still have uh, maybe six hours to wait it's super hot and so on so it was a nice surprise to have uh, Eddie just for one song I would say it was a, a regular acoustic Porsche transition but we people were really enjoying it yeah and Randy you know that you know we're not huge fans of that or it's more specifically that song acoustic but it definitely is is cool when 
I, I see it as, as like a thank you to the audience. It's yeah. It's not even a real warm up or an, I mean you could call it a warm up. I I'll touch on it actually when we get further in the set when we bring it back, but it's uh it's a way to just say thank you, I think. Yes. No, and I think Porch is a, it was a nice pick because uh, it was a stadium, it was a, it was super hot, super sunny and so on. So I think this this song was I would say quite appropriate for for this kind of venue. You said it best. I mean, you know, you're out there, you're waiting on the GA line since 8 a.m. Uh, do you have any good GA line stories from this night? Or No, it was, uh, I would say, we're, uh, in 2014, almost all GAs were kind of the same. So you arrive early, someone had a book in which uh, he puts uh, your name. So you can just sometimes just take a break and come, come back in, uh, in the comeback queuing. But I was saying people were super friendly. I don't know how is it in the US, but in Europe, every time I have attended to a Pearl Jam show, people are very super friendly, super talkative. Uh, I'm generally quite shy, but uh, whenever I'm waiting for Pearl Jam, you, I'm open to discuss with everyone, and everyone was super, super, super kind. All, all of my experiences at every Pearl Jam show that I've been to, except for the one festival show that I went to, uh, I've experienced just the best fans in the world. Um, you know, people that you can easily go up to and, you know, you, if, you, if you're not, because so, sometimes I, I've gone to shows by myself and I've been waiting in line and sometimes I listen to people talk and have conversations about other shows and I'm waiting for a trigger word. And if they say a certain trigger word, then I'm kind of like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And I kind of jump in and everybody's really like, oh, cool. Somebody else is jumping in to talk about this. And there's another person and everybody's really, everybody's really passionate about it. They just want to talk about the band and they all kind of love it, you know? So it's exactly the same in Europe because I, I always um, come by myself at Persian shows meaning that I have to sell the tickets uh, every time and every time people are helping me uh, selling my spare ticket and so on. So now it's people are very super kind. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. If I, if I don't have somebody to go with the Memphis show that, you know, aforementioned before, uh, I had to sell my ticket to somebody else just because I wanted to get to the show. So I, I totally understand. Um, but then when you get there and you realize you're surrounded by so many people it doesn't you never feel alone so yes that's no. a really really good feeling um the show opens up with a very electric version of release um the crowd is hypnotic from the get-go on this it sounds like there isn't a single person in the crowd not singing every word or humming the beginning um and it's exactly what you want out of out of opening with release. I think um, maybe people out there think that it's become a little overdone to open with it, but the people that do expect it, that really love it in this spot, cherish it. And you can tell from this moment that that this was the song about seventy five percent of the fans wanted them to open with this night. No, definitely. And it's uh, 65,000 uh, attendees. So in a stadium, I think really is in a nice pick. I, I think, you know, I think it's the appropriate song to, to start a, a show in a stadium when uh, everybody is very waiting for you because they, um, uh, if I remember well, in 2012, they skipped Italy, meaning that uh, Italian fans have to wait four years to get a show. 
So people were really enthusiastic, passionate, and yes, I think it was a, the appropriate song to, to start the show. Yeah, you gotta you gotta see the video. This crowd is enormous. It's really something. Yeah, and you when when we were in the pit, you you get an echoes. You know they're so, you know. So it's yes, it was it was awesome. How much movement was there in the pit to start with? Now to it from I would say during the the, the five fourth no the the fourth uh, the first four song it was uh, it was fine because it was a uh, let's say slow burn song so it was it was okay that's good i I wouldn't want people pushing me around or anything during any of the slow burn songs but i wouldn't want people pushing me around during any songs but uh i certainly would understand if if uh the first non-slow burn song out of the gate does uh that we'll get to in a sec yeah uh does incite a little bit of energy um so yeah not much more on release if anybody has something something else just just shout you know no i think it's for me it's it was very uh, an awesome um, rendition of the song with a huge communion so yeah yeah sounded great from that it goes into nothing man and again the crowd is right on top of this one and uh i I got my pleasure to have in class. Band was tight and sounded really good as my notes. And I, you know, we, uh, Nothing Man seems to come up every two to three shows here. It doesn't come up too, too often. So if, you know, this version sounded great though, that I, I, that, that's all I got for it. Yes, everybody was really into, into the song. And I think you never know with, uh, when you just hear the, the bootlegs, you don't. You not know if uh, if uh, how the how the how the, um, how you will hear the crowd. But I think on this bootlegs, I I, I really like the how they master this bootleg because I think it's a fair rendition of what was going on uh, in at the show. Yeah, it's definitely really well put together and mastered. Uh, it it does sound good. We've had two really good mixed bootlegs back to back here, which was a pleasure to have. But. Um, yeah, Nothing Man Early is, of course, I love it. I love it anywhere, but uh, I love this opening. And yeah, Randy, you, you got to watch the video. In the There's a lot of, um, I'd say, third or fourth row uh, pit video from it. And you could tell this crowd is is very emotional. And they're, they're emotionally invested from the first song pretty much all the way through. And, and it doesn't look like it's a rowdy crowd. It looks like it's a, I wrote down, this is a crowd that I want to see a show with. Uh, because it's it's gigantic and they're singing every word every song has hands up in the air uh it's it was one of my favorite things to to watch uh since doing the show was the live video of this because the crowd looks it, like i said it's a it's a crowd you want to be in yeah i'm 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 disappointed that i didn't get to find that youtube version because i was i I did look for it on youtube because you mentioned you looked uh and found it on youtube and i only found the boot so that's what i ended up listening to from youtube but uh that was just this on my second go around but um i really wish i could have seen this crowd to give it a better feel because the way that both of you are describing it just sounds like just about the perfect scenario um now here's where we get uh a little interesting here this is the next two are are not your everyday placements for these songs um and 
in a set where a lot of stuff is pretty much where you would expect it to be. These aren't. Um, so we're going to start off by playing the beginning of this one uh, that is part of the slow burn, but again, we'll, we'll get into it. But uh, here's the third song of the night, Sirens. just looking at the set on paper uh i was a little confused because you package it with the next song and it's like wow they're really kind of killing a lot of buzz songs that usually get played late in sets uh really early and I, i'm a little confused by it but when you hear the song uh played early i i think it has a lot more impact than when it's played mid-set because usually if it's played like you know two or three songs after even flow and kind of like the dead first uh mid first set spot it kind of you kind of zone out a little bit because uh, mm. it's not the most singable song yeah. and it's it's kind of a depressing song in a way uh and i've said before if you're Sometimes if you hear the song and if you're not with a loved one, it's a little awkward. <laughs> so uh, I was it was a happy surprise to, to actually hear it in this spot. I think I liked it a lot better than I thought I would. Uh, yeah, uh, Aurelian, I just wanted to uh, make a quick point about this because I, I had a question to ask you that uh, comes from this song and then leads into the next one. So my thought process was when this started, I thought, is it, is it extending this slow burn a little bit too long? But uh, I don't think it is because I don't really love this song really anywhere it is, but it is very interesting to continue this experimental and interesting slow burn. Um, but you could finish this big at the same time because Mike shreds a solo and it really changes the dynamic of the quote unquote slow burn in an instant basically and it's it's really great uh, it sounded amazing it was uh, I, I thought it was a great transition with the next song coming up even though it's really out of left field i don't think anyone cares because it's a it's a great way to top off this whole intro but it's also a great way to segue out of a pretty awesome uh solo 
uh, in Sirens from Mike. And I was wondering uh, when you were there if, if that's sort of how you felt about it. Um, I have to say I'm not the biggest, uh, biggest fan of Sirens um, because I think it's maybe a little too... I think the, the songs should be shorter. But at this I, point, I agree. I agree with that. But uh, yes, yes, third here. So when you hear sirens, uh, sirens, and it's your during the first encore or something, you kind of say, okay, I, I just want the, the next song. But at this spot, it was very nice, and people were really into the, um, you know, at the end of the songs so of the ah, ho, ho, you know, all these things that everybody was really into it. No, I think. It was it was nice when you you just look at the set list on the paper you say okay it's quite of strange and awkward to play siren as black uh, this earlier in the show but it 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 works very very well and you said it right there the one of the best parts about the song was the crowd interaction and participation at the end um, this is something that that they've typically done with with sirens but uh, we're gonna take a listen to it because I think. An ongoing theme of this show is just how well transitions from song to songs were executed. And uh, there's one in particular that we're going to have to bring up for later, Matt, that we've mentioned on the last five shows or so. And I think you know where I'm going with that. I think I, think um, I do, yeah. <laughs> so uh, why don't we listen to that little part at the end where the crowd is participating and it's going to flow real easy easy and even right into black so why don't we listen to that right now and then we'll talk about the number four song being black that'll be interesting that you would expect this song it's another very strange placement for a song that pours out so much emotion 
and it's usually saved for very high points in the set because of what they do with it with the tags and you know sometimes mike going uh a little crazy with it um, i absolutely love it here absolutely love it i didn't mind it either i i, th- I thought it was a, it was it was it was cool. I thought it sounded really good. And, and it's, again, it's all about how things transition one to the other. And I think cause the transition from sirens works so well, that's what really got me into this. If it was another song that maybe, you know, didn't quite hit the mark, then maybe I would have said, you know what? Black early isn't very good, but this all meshed really well together. Yes, I fully agree. It's it was it was it was awesome, and I I, I think I'm I'm wondering why they don't play this kind of uh, batch of first batch of songs uh, this way, because I don't remember if at other show other shows it at other shows they generally you have one or two slow burn and that's it. But with four slow burn with two long songs, I think it's I maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's kind of the uh, the only time that I hear, it, hear hear them playing this way. Yeah, it it's not it's not a uh, it's not a common occurrence. Um, I think in some of the bigger stadium shows the last couple of years, they have done uh, a bigger slow burn. You know, Wrigley Wrigley 2013 comes to mind because main, mainly because that was a first set in its own. But all of those songs, I think it was seven or eight songs to start with were all, you know, very mild-paced songs. It was release and comeback and and elderly woman and um, and even hold on in there, which is not like the most up-tempo song in the world. Uh, but that's sort of, you know, I th- I think that was really the kickoff of that. And then you would get stuff on this lightning bolt tour that. Uh, you know, either three song slow burn into something like like Go or into something like Corduroy, you would get Pendulum into sometimes into Low Light or like we had here, which was a little longer. Um, but I, you know, this is it's not an experiment that I think that they should toy with on a regular basis to put Black is the fourth song in and. Um, Looking at some of the other shows from this European tour, the next night in another venue in Italy, I can't remember what venue it was. Mm, they actually, okay, they actually did. Uh, it's very similar. Uh, release low light, black, and then siren. So they kind of changed it up. And there's a couple other shows within this tour where they do do black this early. So that's you know. This is great though, and the crowd again is is really they are they are the winners here. They are the the seventh man, so to speak. And That's, the dude th- that this is this is where I wrote. This is where uh, I noticed. This is the crowd that I'd I'd want to see a show with on this performance uh, specifically. It was really good and. Yeah, if anything, this is interesting, and that's kind of <laughs> what we're here to talk about, right? Interesting things in sets, but. Um, Unfortunately, about this, I thought the um, I thought the "We Belong Together" tag was was not good here. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I was the crowds the crowd saved it. The crowd was the crowd was no, really I, good. I, I didn't like it because uh, I thought Eddie sang it like shit, but the crowd saved it for sure. Yeah, I think it's my favorite tag for Black, so I was maybe kind of biased, but we I really enjoyed it at the time. I'm, I, I'm sure being there too is different. Yeah, L- listening back, you could you really just focus in on a performance and I, I didn't think it was performed that well but I'm sure being there is 
you know, with 65,000 other people, it's, <laughs> it's probably the best thing in the entire world. Yeah, definitely. So we get that slow burn, that four songs, including the two that we never hear around this spot, and it goes into uh, one of the best to come out of a slow burn, and it goes into Go. And really, my notes here are, it's showtime, here we go. This is where it just blows blows your mind. And, and now tell me about what's going on in the pit during this time. Uh, I was second row at the beginning of the song, and I was maybe... 10 or 11 row just uh, at the end of the song. It was very, very rowdy, but I just came across the, the forums and just read the reviews. And I think it's very depends on when you are, because uh, sometimes you you can be at um, in front of Mike or in front of Zone in the, in, of Stone, and the experience is very different. So my experience, I was dead, dead center in front of Eddie, and it, it was very rowdy. But uh, once I was maybe uh, a few a few rows back, it was uh, for the, the remaining of the show was uh, really enjoyable. So there was some movement, but people were really caring uh, about each other. So it was it apart from go, I think I enjoyed most 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 of the show in the pit. But during go, it was it was yeah, it was hard. Yeah, I wanted to ask you at this point after that opening set of songs you know <laughs> what was going through your mind what you know you must have been thinking what the hell is going to happen next after you get black as the fourth song uh so i'm, I'm sure when they started playing go it was probably a, a pretty great moment yeah no yeah you know they play the first note that it was uh, yeah. it was insane everybody was moving was jumping and so on so yes it was um, yeah yeah, and after that opener, I mean, it really doesn't get any better here for me. I I don't have any notes for it. Uh, it's uh, its placement and its impact is everything that I would want. That's that's basically all I have for it. Yes, exactly. I, I would say once again, "Go" is one of my favorite Belgium songs. So, you know, hearing it uh, is always a, a pleasure for me. Uh, maybe that's why you're such a big fan of the show because we can't say enough good things about go in our 22 episodes of of doing this so yeah this was this was an awesome way to kick it off and not just that but again coming into play already within the first six songs is another excellent excellent transition and that's go into do the evolution and they wasted absolutely no time they didn't even let the crowd really react they just kind of they hammered it home the last note bam and they go into it and we've talked about it so many times how evolution really works in about just about every spot in the set but this one uh i really really enjoyed it here yes and all the you know the hallelujah sing and so on so everyone once again was really into it i think it in italy uh, the crowd was very great uh people were singing along all the words during uh, all the all the show it was an only three hours I was show, but if you know there, you know I haven't felt uh, a kind of uh, loss of energy at any point of the set. You know, people were one hundred percent pure jam during all the set. Yeah, Randy and I like this when it's late. We like it when it's early. It's do the evolution. Put it anywhere you want. The only thing I had for this one was uh, I thought this was really sloppy, uh, even though it was a great spot after go. But Jeff and Matt are just not together on this one. 
Yeah, I, I I had written that um, they're playing it at mega speed, and it feels like they're just tripping them over themselves just a little bit in certain spots. It did sound like there was something off. Your ear is better than my ear. So. Well, here's the problem I had with, with the show in general, even though it's a really interesting set and the crowd is amazing. We've had some really, really good Jeff shows late, lately. This is this was this not a this good is Jeff not show. a good Jeff show. I hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> this is not. I, a good I've Jeff made show. notes throughout this whole thing. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. Uh, you're the bassist. I'm not a bassist. I, but it's it's funny. We we just I guess it's rubbing off on me or something like that. I don't <laughs> know. Um, one of the things going back to something that you said before, really. Uh, the crowd. You said the crowd is really dictating this. They are controlling it. Um, and one of the things I really noticed was the um, the the whoa 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 that part. Um, sometimes they'll do that, and sometimes they'll do admire me, admire my home, uh, and the crowd. It basically. Eddie could have gone up to the mic and, and and would have been like, all right, I'm about to say, admire me, admire my home. But the crowd said, no, we're doing it this way, damn it. I, I yeah. heard, and you're going to like it. I heard that, and I was going to ask you, Aurelian, if, because it sounds like the crowd was just saying to the band, no, we're not, we're not ready to stop hollering back at you yet. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, no, I think it was... But I think, uh, if I remember right, all the rendition of uh, Do Violation that I saw, the, it was the OOO every time. So I think we maybe in Europe we are used to, to sing it this way, and this is the way that we want to sing it. Yeah, I, it's kind of back and forth for me. Um, I, maybe it was around this time, maybe it was the Lightning Bolt tour. I thought it was earlier. I thought that I had been hearing it all the time on the Backspacer tour where they were doing that. Uh, but you could be right. It, it could be the Lightning Bolt tour. But again, I think um, what's really good about this crowd is they get the cues and it's like they listen to more bootlegs than anybody else because it's so important. There's so many cues and so many little things that Pearl Jam does uh, live that they don't do on albums. And the crowd knows them right away and this is one of them uh you know it's it's special we've discussed that before where these where these improvs have actually become more of the song than the album version now and that's what you expect live and and yeah this crowd was on top of 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 all of it i i i know that i'm not alone but i almost never listen to the studio version i listen a lot to, to lots of, and tons of bootlegs Meaning that uh, I, I rarely uh, listen to studio version. I'm with you on that one. I, I love to hear how songs sound live, and you know, every now and then you gotta go and listen to the the studio version just to remember what it actually <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> and I, I I I bring that up later on. I, I think I mentioned it to you, Randy, before we started recording. But there's actually an example of that coming up because some songs don't translate as well live either, which which we see sometimes. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, since starting the show, my uh, listening to bootlegs, uh, percentage of listening to bootlegs uh, against percentage of listening to studio albums, it's probably like 92 to 8%. So, um, yeah, that's that's that discretion. Uh, and but I Randy, we, because we have to do it. But we do it out of love. Yeah, that's but... That's the thing. I, but no, what, what, I listen to shows we don't even cover. What I'm saying is, isn't it... Isn't it nice to have the excuse that I, I have to do it? 
Um, there is no possible way to make that answer and answer it over a hundred percent, but yes, a hundred percent. Oh no, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, 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 I have to listen to a Pearl Jam bootleg. I, I have to do it. I... <laughs> um, all right, let's 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 move let's move on here. Uh, we're in this little section here. Uh, I I would consider these three songs its own section, and then kind of the next to their own section. We'll get that into that in a sec. Uh, Corduroy uh, follows Do the Evolution. It's a very fast version. Um, again, almost tripping over themselves, but the energy is good enough for it not to be noticeable by the book enough where there's no bullshit or experimenting. There's no uh you know where the crowd is singing everything has changed absolutely yeah i caught myself everything has changed <laughs> absolutely nothing's changed uh i damn it um the what i was trying to say was that they when they do that little they kind of stop and let the crowd sing it and then ed sings it uh himself right afterwards they don't do any of that here this is this is uh, this is straightforward. This is doing exactly what we like it to do. If it's not in the number two or three spot, it's it's wrapping up a little bit of a portion of the beginning of the set. It's well-placed, and it, it does exactly what we like it to do when it's not super, super early. So, yeah, I thought this was a home run placement, and uh, it's a nice way to cap it off before a, a small little talk talk break. I thought it was thought it was fine. Yeah, totally. And I like the fact that it was the... Uh, at the time, I didn't knew, but it's it's the regular bridge because in 2018 there was this kind of extended bridge with uh, people chanting and so on, mm-hmm. and I yeah, and I was kind of maybe annoyed by I don't know it it did not sound very great in my ears, so I like the let's say the standard the straightforward corduroy. A lot of people have come back to me and said that that corduroy is not. The version that they usually like and they they say it more off the basis if you're there live you can kind of handle it and kind of join in in the crowd and it's fun but listening to it back on the bootleg they're not a fan of um it kind of kills momentum a little bit and even when you are there it's i I like corduroy when it's super straightforward because you could kind of keep moving to the entire thing and then when they extend it a little bit i feel like it it drags it down a little bit for for me personally I, i i fully agree uh, okay, I was about to say that I think the only time where you can get away with that is in the rare times that it's closing a set, uh, that it's taking the place of something like Porch, where Porch is elongated to, you know, uh, a 10-minute song uh, rather than, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't even know how long the album version of Porch is now because I haven't listened to it in so long, but... Um, I think that's the only time you can really get away with it and do something special is if you're closing a set with it. I disagree or agree? I don't no, know. no, that's I agree. true. It's not. Okay. It's not preferred, but uh, only because I I don't think I I would like it that late in the set. But if they were going to do it, I would I would rather it be done that way. Sure. Yeah, me too. I think it's the same thing. I I like Corduroy in the earlier earlier in the set. So and standard version is the best. Uh, we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> uh, all right. A little talking break here. Does anybody speak Italian here? No. No? Okay. Um, Ed couldn't speak the show in French. In French. What am, what's wrong with me today? <laughs> um, uh, 
Only if only if he spoke French in in Italy, then then we wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. Uh, I've but I have no idea how to translate what he's saying here. So the, the, there's going to be a lot of times in the show where he's talking in in very fluent Italian, and I I don't know. I don't even have a guess. I think there were some uh, some words that he wasn't able to pronounce as well as others maybe they were new to him so you could tell when he might have said some phrases before and then maybe some other things that someone wrote down for him backstage that he had never said you gotta like like we said last week though you gotta give him credit for that at, the, at least though and and the crowd loves it i think it's he doesn't have to go out there and say anything but he tries and and i think they, they know he's trying yeah. yeah i mean and I I, I, he's the only artist that i've saw uh, play in europe who is making this kind of effort to you know, to prepare a speech in the in the language of the people and so on, is the only one who is doing it. I would say, of or maybe of all the, the the bands and the artists that I've saw, is the only one who is doing it. Definitely. Well, wow. he he appreciates and realizes what the whole band realizes and appreciates what people in Europe do to go see them, and it's not regulated just to the United States. It's they're a worldwide act and. They know that. I mean, look at look at the size of this crowd. You know, you and and they've been doing it for so many years. So, they yeah, they're they're humble about that, and uh, I don't think they will ever overlook uh, fan appreciation like that. Comparing this to last week's show, and this is uh, almost twenty years after that Barcelona show that we did last week, but um, Ed seemed a lot shyer in that show when it, having to address the crowd because he knows he knew he didn't really speak uh, Spanish at all. But here he's he's really confident, uh, even if he does fuck up a word or two, he is really confident in addressing the crowd. Yeah. Well, I, he, has, he has fun with it. It's not, it's, of course, it's, yeah. it's not like a stressful moment for him. He, he laughs he's, and, and, you know, mixes in the English words and people love it. He's a much different person now than he is he was then so definitely give him a lot of credit for that and like you said really nobody else is doing this so just that he's doing this is is just a treasure in itself um just keep doing it to exactly (laughs) we get into the next ones here i'm blending these both together because i wanted to kind of make a point here on both of them um it's lightning bolt into mind your manners and um I think this was kind of a staple of this whole entire tour, you know, from 2014 to 2013 to 2014, that these two would kind of, in more shows than not, be played back to back. And I would say in almost 100% of their shows during this time, both of them would be played. Uh, But I think it's time to kind of retire these songs a little bit. just so fans don't feel like they're hung up on Lightning Bolt, like bring them back every third show. And I was going to say even, every third show. Yeah, even Minor Manners. Sometimes I think that in 2018 they they played it probably if they did 26 shows they probably played it in 21 or 22. So I think it's just such an easy song to pop in there. You know what right. I mean? They, they it takes no time. It, they don't do anything like with it, and you could yeah. I think I really enjoy Lightning Bolt because I, I like the way the song builds and so on. But Minor Minors is maybe, I don't know, the song is maybe too, I don't know, it's too too direct, too, 
I don't think that it's a really, maybe it's divisive, but I don't think it's a really interesting song. I would say maybe not about the lyrics, but the, how the, the chords are played and so on. I don't really think it's a great song. I could agree with you. I, I do like it a lot. I, I like the fast pace. I like that it's quick, but I do understand 100% what you're saying with it because I think a lot of people feel that way. And then on the flip side, Randy, I might surprise you with this. Um, well, maybe I, I might not surprise you, but um, I still don't care at all for Lightning Bolt. I still don't, don't like the song. Me. Doesn't surprise but, me. But, dude, th- the placement here, awesome way to start it back up after a little talk break. I, th- I thought it was, uh, like I said, I don't care for the song, but it was awesome here. I thought I thought it worked really well, and I thought it sounded really good here. I think it served its purpose with, uh, like what you said with the build and going into Mind Your Manners. I thought also, I thought that was a good spot. You built it back up with Lightning Bolt, and then uh, you go hard with Mind Your Manners, which is what I like about the song. But this one... This one fell flat for me. I thought it was a little bare and a little weak. And uh, Jeff is a mess on it. Uh, Matt's backups that usually crush on the chorus of the song was also just okay. So I think it was very standard at that time to kind of throw lightning bolt middle of that opening sequence. And this is this set is a little different. But after a little talk break there, it really works. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, you know, I, I I feel like personally I've seen that before, and I I don't feel like it's it's uh, uh, mixing it up too much. It does work, and stick with what works. Uh, I won't. You know, I I do like the song. I like it more than 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 you do, Matt. But um, you know, I'm okay with with when things do work, and uh, you know, I, I, it's just standard. That's all I have to say is that this time period you were seeing that both of these songs very early in the set and um you know going forward into the future i would like them to find a different way to incorporate both of them so uh let's move forward with ed speaking um a universal language yeah yeah yes and he 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 <laughs> Uh, I can't remember exactly what he was doing, but this was the worst transition into any song. Um, Ed, after his yeah, yeahs and he, he's, he says the next song is a Jeff Amen song and introduces Jeff Amen and going into pilot. Um, happy belated birthday to yield turning 21 last week, uh, this past Sunday. So happy birthday yield, my favorite record. And boom. Happy birthday, boom. My favorite uh, B12 player, B2 player, whatever. <laughs> what is it, B12 or B2? It says a B3. <laughs> uh, that'll be left on a cutting, cutting boom floor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Eh, happy birthday, boom. <laughs> happy boom Fuck day. All you. Happy boom day, everybody. Uh, my favorite Pearl Jam organist or just organist of all time. Anyway, uh, that's, that's all staying in. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It, was gold, it was gold, Jerry, gold. Uh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> pilot here, uh, you have some things to say about it. I'm just going to start by saying that this is um, their polite golf clap song, where uh, every time that I've heard it in a bootleg, it doesn't elicit much more of a reaction than like a very polite... Golf clap. Golf clap. 
um, the best way I can describe it is the way a crowd would react to, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary uh, playing, I don't know, uh, um, Puff the Magic Dragon. A a Peter, Paul, and Mary song. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were going to come up with one. Well, I I was trying to think of, I I was trying to think of uh, the other one. Um, Kiss me, I can't even remember the name of the song. Hope you that will wait for me. Leaving on a jet plane. God damn it. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to sing the whole song to get to the chorus to to get the name of it. No, uh, I am not going to do what Cartman does on uh, I'm Sailing Away. Where he, <laughs> if, if somebody sings the song, he has to finish the song. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of their polite golf clap song um, where... People kind of understand that it's rare, but they weren't, they aren't really excited for it and they really don't know how to react to it. So a polite clap is about all they can do. And, and it, it, it sounded fine to me. It's not like it killed the set or anything like that, but it's kind of, you know, nobody in the crowd is saying, oh my God, they're playing pilot. Jeez, I crossed this one off. And I like the song. I, I'm not trying to disparage the song at all. So yes, I agree. I think it it was it it was it was okay. I would say I would say people like me. It was the first time that I saw the song, so it's it's fine for my stats. But otherwise, it it's not one of my favorite. And I, I think it's, it's the kind of songs of song that is kind of um, does not really translate well uh, translate well uh, live. You know, I think a few few weeks ago you discussed about Marker in the Sand. And I kind mm-hmm. of kind of the same feeling, you know. I I like the studio version, but playing live, I'm I don't know. I I swear to God that Aurelian is not sitting next to me in <laughs> New York right now. But I will tell you that my notes start off by saying, "Let me ask you a question. Do you feel this song translates live well?" And you just answered the question before I got to ask it. So I'm glad, yeah, we're on the same page. And you know what it is? I I do like this song. Randy, I I was mentioning it to you when we were deciding what we were going to play. And um, yeah, it's it's a little generic live. It is a little faster. Um, You know what it is, but it's also a song where it's like, this is basically the best place to put it because it's a song that really doesn't, need to go in a specific spot and it's i think it's tough to place i don't know where i'd put it i would put it here honestly it's the live production that i think takes something away from it because this song sounds better as like a you know garage band recording like on yield it sounds it sounds way better recorded it's got a it's got a sound you cannot produce live it's it almost sounds too good live if that makes any sense the feel uh and the tone and the chorus, the you know the like pilot part, it's just it's they don't play it the same live. It doesn't sound the same, and and this is what I was going to say before. I like the recording a lot better. I had to go back and listen to the recording today after re-listening to this song, and yeah, I mean I'm happy to have it. I'm happy to to see it on the pop up on the show, but I got to go recording on this one. I I think that you know yield is there to to me. Um, and not just it's it's my favorite album, but I think it's their best produced album. Where the minute that I hear these songs, I, I get you know images in my head of uh, of where the song is taking me, and and it's more of 
a mental aspect and visual aspect and it is just a listening aspect to the song and i think pilot is really is in that boat where um there's a lot more emotion into the studio recorded version that can't really be replicated live and i and it's it's not something i I really know how to explain uh but i mean it's the same i maybe not the same kind of thing that i have with give it a fly but uh you know, the studio version definitely enhances what this song should be, and yeah, you know, no, no, I agree. I think you're, I think you're actually describing it perfectly because on the flip side, I could say the same thing about Avocado, and yours is more of a feel, and I definitely understand that. Yield has a feel, Avocado has a feel, and this song, especially, I mean, I, like I said, I really like Pilot on the album. I really, really like the song, but you don't feel it the same way live. And it's like with Avocado, Avocado is such a garage sound to it. This really underproduced album that makes it my favorite. I mean, it, it's because it's because of how it sounds. It sounds so damn good. And then live, they'll come out and they'll they'll speed up every single song just to make it hard and heavy because that's kind of what their mindset was when they were writing that album. You don't have to do that because you lose all the feel of what makes that album and those songs great and i think that's why people don't like when avocado songs are played live because they don't really play them that well all the time and i think pilot falls into that same category yeah and we we talked about this uh we've talked about it a lot just how amazing uh it was that they never played low light until way after uh yield was released and now it's it's a it's a setless staple and it's an amazing live you know what? song it, if it took them that long though to get the emotion and the feel of that song to translate how it translates live now then i'm i'm glad that they waited because yeah sure I, I, yeah it, it just it just means that they they kind of had an understanding of how they treated that song um and you know you can you can play songs and you can hear yourself play the songs and say like okay there's something that just doesn't feel right and and speed it always goes back to speed of sound and how speed of sound sounds live and it just there's something about it that makes it sound like a mess and they you know i can see it in their eyes that they just they want the song they like the song they want it to sound really good and they can't put it together and I'm going to guess that low light at some point was was just they played it and they all looked at each other and said, oh, shit, we we made it work. And, mm. um, you know, maybe maybe pilot is not really one of those that they can do they can do that with. So that's kind of where we are with it. But uh, this little stretch here, I, I, I love especially that you know this is kind of yield week here um we're getting a lot of yield in this in, in this section so it, it's good that we're talking about it and we transition right into um two songs not one one not off yield but one uh, is very much attached to yield uh we are going to have a live on four legs debut for both of these songs and we're going to hear both of them and transitioning into both Here is Untitled into MFC.
Got a little car Got some gas Baby, let's get out of here Get the fuck out of here I said uh, live on four legs debut for both of these songs and um, uh, two songs I, I've never I've never heard MFC live and I think the only time you'll really hear Untitled is is uh, through MFC um, but I love when they do that intro I, I feel like it brings a lot more depth into a song that's really live it's just kind of a fast song um, it's an it's another one-off yield that it's not it's fine live, but it doesn't have that same vibe that it does on the studio album. Um, but I mean, I'm digging it. I, I, I love all everything about it. So, you know, I, I, I'm just very protective off of the studio album versions of songs off yield. Same with, with what we were saying before with pilot. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I really had nothing to say here. I said, uh, I said, yeah, pick it back up, keep it going. I thought it sounded great. It was um, fun to see, fun to hear, and yes, me too. I think I'm 
MFC as a standalone, I'm not a big fan, but with Untitled, I think that the, the package of these two songs works very well. And I like the fact that, in kind of way, when Untitled and Gone and Review Mirror, you can you get kind of the same, you know, this kind of uh, car song and so on. So I, I like the way of these uh, all these car songs are quite of, are related one to another. That's a good point. Um, yeah, no, all those songs they definitely fit in the same category. I was kind of thinking the same thing before. I didn't write it in my notes, but uh, uh, I would even add Gone into that category, just another song just getting into the car and, and just kind of going off uh, and just sort of, you know, trying to find uh, something new or just try to get away from something. And, uh, you know, MFC definitely fits in that mold. Uh, but I, I love how untitled goes into it because i was trying to look today and i wanted to see i didn't really know the history behind what untitled was about and really what i've gathered from it is it's an extension of mfc that it has just sort of the same pacing and it that's kind of how it developed uh so to me everything sounded really good and uh ed afterwards said he wrote everything while he was high so uh, yes. and if I'm not wrong, MFC was uh, written in Italy or written about uh, cars that he saw in in Italy. Interesting. Oh, that interesting. I, I, I did not. I did not know that. I, I read that somewhere. I don't know if it's accurate, but um, I'm sure it's in the PJ20 book. If that's something we have to go and check out, I'll I'll take a look. Um, and we're gonna end this little yield stretch here with giving a fly, which was a complete abortion yeah. <laughs> on this show um okay I, I wouldn't say complete well okay the, here's the, the okay, yeah okay here's at, at least ed realized it was an abortion he, well I, I only say it wasn't completely because i thought the band sounded uh really full and punchy uh the mix oh and the, yeah the performance was really really good but oops <laughs> <laughs> big hoops uh so for those that don't have the bootleg or aren't following along uh as we as we speak about it should we um, just should we just play it yeah i guess it we're is, gonna have it is to kind, at this it's point. funny it's funny yeah all right that's fine we'll play it tell uh ed uh fumbles twice and um it's 
it's recovered by the defense and you know he has to he has to go back to the sidelines and realize what he did uh it was just not it was not pretty in any way but he he accepted it he accepted that he fucked up and that's one of the things that he does uh constantly is if he fucks up he he will acknowledge it so at least he did that yeah you could either laugh something off or you could show 65,000 people that you're you're pissed off and it's you know you're in a bad mood just laugh it off it, you, you'll do it again the next night it'll be fine and i'm sure nobody there cared it was you laugh it off with them you know i i really don't mind it i think it's i think it's funny when that type of stuff happens and as long as you could have a good sense of humor about it then yeah that's that's all i ask for I think we've come a long way since our first episode where we were extremely critical about Eddie screwing up the lyrics on Elderly Woman. I think that, um, you know, we we do too many callbacks to the first episode because I'm very critical of it. But uh, that's, you know, we pointed that out and we were like, we were basically like, oh, they should never fuck up a song that they play every single night. And now we're just like, eh, it happens. I don't, I don't think you shouldn't ever, you know, mess up. I think some are okay and it's going to happen, but um, there are some mess ups that I think are slightly avoidable or should be avoided or maybe uh, unforgivable. And there's going to be a, a few that come up that I, uh, that I was able to pick out here. So this was fine. You know, it's, it's not that he doesn't know the words. He just, I don't know, whatever. Too much wine. <laughs> Shall we move on? You have anything on this early? No, no. It was. Uh, I, 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 I felt a kind of uh, disappointed with this version when I was in the crowd because uh, it's uh, obviously a fine favorite and. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what? That's a really good point. The crowd didn't pick him up. No. Uh, and they were just kind of waiting for him, and that that's one of the the very few down spots about the crowd. I think one of my favorite moments from the band that I've ever witnessed live was when Eddie screwed up the first lyric to better man and the crowd completely picked him up. It's a, right now the two are very different songs. Better man is, you know, one of the most singable songs in their cat- catalog, but, uh, the, yeah, this one, the crowd really should have picked him up, but I, I guess they were probably as confused as, as, as he was. Yeah, I think so. So we move on here from giving a fly into who you are. And uh, one of the things I'll just spot out real quick that we are, how many songs in? 15 or so? No, like 14 songs into the set? I think, uh, I think who you are is 15. Is nope, 15. I'm sorry. Is that not including I, I think, it, acoustic I think it's porch. 14, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's still, uh, you know, just, just bringing it up that there's no even flow yet. And in this spot... You know, 10 is usually where you would find even flow. So just bringing it up, bringing it out there that, you know, it's not. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, too. I'm just saying. I don't think, I, think, I, don't, I honestly don't think it was, I don't think this set was ready for even flow yet, uh, especially not not back towards the, the mid set because of the slow burn opener. So, yeah, no, even flow does not belong any earlier than where it shows up, I don't think, here. I absolutely agree with you and i think we'll we'll talk about that a little more when even flow comes up but uh uh it's who you are here and we covered it last week um you know we can point out all, all you want that this is way more of a jack song than it is a matt song like everything off of no code 
and just completely different styles. It's not as tribal sounding as as uh, as Jack's version is, but and the one thing that really stood out to me was how soft uh, and not rigid, like not it wasn't potent. Jeff's bass solo here, it, there was just something that felt really weak about it. I swear Randy is not sitting next to me <laughs> in Long Island right now. Yeah, um, compared to last week's, I like Jack's drums, drumming better on this song. And uh, this is this is the first time I noticed, and it's going to pop up a few more times, is that Jeff's bass was absolutely weak on this song. Yes, it, we, um, in the pit it was the same. You know, we, we barely hear the, the bass. That's a, that's a crime. <laughs> We'll, we'll point it out in a couple more songs down the line. But yeah, this was, like, like, like we said earlier, this was not a very good night for Jeff. And, uh, and it's unfortunate because I wouldn't want anybody to be at that show who's a really big Jeff fan that hasn't seen the band and, and, uh, and be disappointed. But it was, Again, this, it was is, this, is, this is the luxury we have of being able to listen to a song three or four times and rewind it and go back to it which is exactly what i did so i'm sure live it was it was fine but again uh, i was listening re-listening and really dialing in on some stuff that he was doing so it's the only way i could really comment on it is because i i was able to do that so if you were there and you loved how jeff sounded then i i'm not gonna say you're wrong about that because i fully believe you it's just but that we I, have somebody here that says they didn't love how jeff sounded well that's there you go so <laughs> we, we can get the then i don't feel bad <laughs> right from the first hand so um again we're we're this deep into the set and we are are yet to get to even flow and, and i just bring it up because it's just again it's one of those things that i think once you get to a certain point in the set your mind it goes okay is this the even flow mode is this the even flow and then when they go something else you're like Oh, all right. You're kind of pleasantly surprised. So, uh, I would have been very pleasantly surprised to hear sad here. And that's, that's what happened. Um, it sounds pretty damn good here to me. What do you think? Really? Yes, it was, uh, it fits one of, one of my favorite from, uh, from the last dogs. I really like how it sounds. And I would say that at the time I was really not, um, uh, you know, Having listened to all of your of your shows, I kind of now dissect dissecting the shows and seeing wh what should be where and so on. But at the time, I, I was I think I did not I did not think think about uh, even flows. You know, so I I've um, ever uh, attended to shows where even flow was not played. So I was not expecting uh, even flow. So I just want to say that you know. Uh, at the time, it was my fourth show, and I was just uh, kind of virgin regarding what's, what would be the next song. Yeah, that's a, sure, that's a, yeah, that's that's, a really good point. I think after show like seven or so is really when you start to get to understand trends. I mean, you kind of know them after about five or four, but uh, you know, after a while, like seven is where you can really start predicting stuff and then once you get to the deep spots 10 or 15 in you're kind of yeah you sometimes get a little bit over your head so uh, I, I i don't really think that applies to the show though i think that the first uh, five or six songs 
I think kind of threw everything out of whack a little bit, and it is a a longer first set, so... It's very long. It's like 22 songs. So you know what I mean? Like, even Flo being a little later, I didn't think it felt out of place. Like, on paper, you see it at, at song, whatever it is, 16, 17. That's... It looks strange having it be that low, but when you consider the intro and the opening of the show, it feels like it's in its right spot, even though it, on paper it's much later, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I, th- I think it's just, um, again, going back to just kind of uh, retained memory here of, of knowing and going to and listening to so many bootlegs. Right. Uh, just that even flow, 10, 11, even 9, or a little earlier spot that you're just it kind of clicks into your head like okay even after giving a fly you're kind of like okay this usually goes into even flow this is around where i should expect it but uh i feel like we're jipping sad here because this was a really good version of sad yeah i actually had zero notes i just wrote it sounded good uh, i didn't really have anything to say about it i i enjoyed it when this song succeeds matt shines uh matt sounded really good on this i thought mm-hmm. So, uh, and now, and now we're here. Now we're at even flow. And now we're at even flow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty much the even flow that you've grown to expect. Um, pits for even flow though, man, this is like 10 minutes long. Are people still at this point, it's a little over an hour into the set. Are they still really, they're feeling the energy here? Uh, I would say people around me were really into it. Uh, I think it's a song where Mike shines. Uh, I know I've heard sometimes people say, okay, it's a P-break song, but I, I can't understand. Uh, for me, it's a really... Uh, I like the jam, the jamming part in Even Flow. I think that's something that we've kind of backtracked on as well. We were, we were quick to say that. I think more of in a joking way because it's expected, especially being in a certain spot, but... I mean, I don't think I'm actually going to go and, and take a bathroom break during even flow. I'm, I'm going to want to see the whole thing, especially when Mike does a, a good solo. So we joke about it, but I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, it could be something really fantastic to see. And I thought uh, I thought the momentum coming out of sad for even flow here was awesome. So sad into even flow. I like it. Another good transition, um, one of very many, and 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 many to come too. Uh, we'll get to them, uh, and then Ed is actually uh, speaking a little English afterwards, and he says, "What's easier if you guys move to Seattle or we move here?" And he says, "Every six months we'll kind of switch off." Uh, and then he mentions that his family, everybody has their family there. Will there's. There's some family of, of a certain member of the band that uh, gets very uh, get gets a good shout out later, so we'll 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 go into that. But uh, uh, he says maybe since our, all of our family's here, we'll just stay here. That uh, that'd be nice for you guys, but it would suck for for us <laughs> over in the good old U.S. of A. Um, this goes into Swallowed Hole, and um, what I'll say is I, I didn't. I don't know. This was always one of those songs on Lightning Bolt that I just it never hit me. Um, I think I like it a little more now than I did when the album first came out. It's kind of it's a it's in the middle of the threshold. The songs that I like the most being, you know, uh, Lightning Bolt and Getaway and uh, Pendulum, and this is sort of like in that tier 
above the ones I don't like that are, uh, I don't know, uh, Future Days and Let the Records Play and a couple of those other ones. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's grown on me. I, I like this one, uh, particularly the bridge part and the solo part. I think it's really... Once again, uh, for this one, I think uh, I enjoy it very more. Uh, seeing live was highly enjoyable, but I'm I'm just uh, just okay with the studio version. Yeah, Randy, I'm, I'm with you with the studio version. I, I I think I like it more than some other songs on the album. Live though, uh, I, it sounded great. I thought they were super tight with it, but I mean, it it read to me as a total filler. It was repetitive. There really wasn't anything special about it and a, uh, or special about its placement so i don't know it, was, it came off as a filler to me here all right you want to play a little game here a little six degrees of separation with the song <laughs> the it's... lyrics the lyrics swallowed whole which is the song title were used in what song can you guys what pearl jam song i don't know i don't know i'm trying to think i don't know what is it Swallowed Hole is a lyric in Unthought Known. Oh, really? In that beginning part, yeah. Um, Swallowed Hole in, in... Swallowed Hole in Negatives, I believe, right? Ne- ne- yeah, Negatives. I, yes, I, it's I, right. I thought it was like Evidence or something like that, yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of that whole you know, lead up to Gems and Rhymestones. Maybe, so. uh, maybe Swallowed Hole is like a uh, Unthought Known sequel. <laughs> well, that's... Okay, so now are you ready for another What Swallowed Hole connects to? It connects to a song that was covered by the band twice, back-to-back nights this year, their last two shows that they played together. Uh, Oh, come on. Taillights Fade. Taillights Fade. Ah, interesting. That that lyric kind of going into the bridge. Oh. So I, and I I knew that. That's Buffalo Tom, right? Buffalo Tom, right. Okay. Uh, I knew that that lyric when when they were uh, they they sound checked with it the night before the first Boston show, and when I saw that 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 name, I'm like, oh, taillights fade. That sounds really familiar. I feel like I know that song. I didn't know the song. I knew that taillights fade was you know somewhere in my head. I knew that that was a lyric in Swallowed Hole. Mm. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, that's. That's a little six degrees of separation game of sorts. Now, if we can find another song in Taillights Fade that's somewhere in there, I can't, uh, I can't pick one out. They say, watch my taillights fade to black. Black. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could, we could do two with that. We could either do black or we could do fade to black. Or you could do fade to black, exactly. <laughs> so... We can play this game all day if we wanted to, folks. All right, hold on. I'm going to go look up the lyrics to Fade to Black now. Jesus Christ. Uh, Get out of here. We're we're going down a hole here. Ed uh, points out a young man named Michael. It's his first concert and says he'd like to ruin him by saying happy birthday to him. And then said, uh, next time I'll see you, you'll be 15 and your dad won't be around, so we'll smoke pot together. So that that was kind of funny. Um, I, you know what I, I noticed I didn't I didn't really hear the crowd give like a really big reaction to that did they maybe not understand what that meant I think so in English 
No, because it's, you know, sometimes uh, the sound is not that great when, uh, generally speaking, sometimes in, uh, in a stadium, the sound is not as great as you, you, you could expect. And uh, when uh, Ed was just um, speaking, it was sometimes hard mm -hmm. to, to hear him or to understand. Gotcha. Okay. And I think that not everyone uh, catches uh, the meaning of what he was saying. So, right. Yeah, if he says it real quick, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, in America, that line would have been like standing ovation. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that gets into uh, setting forth a song we've covered uh, maybe one or two other times on the show, but really. It's such a quick and to the point song, and um, it's it's not, you know, it's it's about a minute or two, and really doesn't do much but kind of fill into the next song. Yes, I agree. I, it's a fear. It's a feeler for me. It's uh, we could have get rid of of it, but I, I if I remember well, I think that. Uh, uh, Matt is a fan of this song and is uh, requesting Eddie uh, to play it. I mean, during the last tour, uh, I, I think I saw this song one or two times, and uh, Ed uh, told the crowd that Matt's, uh, it was a Matt request. Interesting. Okay. That uh, I didn't know. Not this Matt. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the <over -mats>. um, <laughs> not yeah. The, yeah. the Matt that matters. Uh, two fillers in a row. This song is, to me, an example of horribly pedestrian songwriting. It's typical. It's not interesting. I don't know why it's here. Because Matt likes it, apparently. Well, but just not you, Matt likes it. You know, you know, you know. Whatever. He's still a Matt Cameron is still technically a filler too, so he better, oh, uh, better watch now. it. Oh, yeah, just, just filling time for Dave to drop back in and get his Hall of Fame spot. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think setting forth an untitled are a really good example of looking at a set list and seeing, whoa, they played 22 songs in the first set, and then, like, those two songs are, are together three minutes long, you know? So you're really not getting much out of it. But, yes, it does pad the stats, and it looks really good when the show on paper says it's 34, 35 songs long. So, you know. True. That, that is something. Uh, it does go into Not For You. Um Sounds really intense. This version. Yeah, it sounds um, really good. Mike is on fire in a solo, um, and it sounds awesome. And at at the end, uh, they kind of tease as if they were about to go into Modern Girl, but they don't. I uh, thought I caught that too. Yeah. And yeah. I, I. You know what? I'm. I'm sorry. I forgot to listen back to it, but you just confirmed that. I thought I heard that as well. Yeah, it, it was just just a slight little tease, kind of that, you know, that slow down, that cool off. We'll get what that transitions into in a second, but um, yeah, this Not For You was awesome. Yes, I agree. It was awesome, and I, I really like how it uh, goes into Why Go. Oh, absolutely, 100%. So, Randy, just uh, fact check me here. Did we get Not For You? We got Not For You in an encore, like in a show or two ago, right? That was Ottawa, I believe. It was late. It was late in the set, right? Yeah, because yeah. when they did, they did Modern Girl, and then two songs later, Slater Kenny came out. Yeah, so that totally ruined this song for me because 
having it in the first late in the first encore like we had it the last time or was it the second encore it was the second it, encore yeah it was it was so good and i loved that late spot all, all kidding aside no this was this was a fantastic performance and into why go as aurelian just said awesome another another killer transition yeah the whole the last three songs the ones that transition one into the next into the next sound fan freaking tastic i think it's everything that you can want and <laughs> i'm actually gonna disagree with you but i'll i'll mention it when you get there okay um what i was about to say is i think people don't realize when you know they like shows better uh than you know when they're kind of comparing and weighing two shows against each other or saying, I really like this show to the other. I think the transitions from songs to songs are one of those things that like maybe get ingrained in people's heads and they sure. don't really realize that that's why they like that show, but that's what it ends up being. So I, for, for me, I think the next time that we go to a show and a lot of, maybe a lot of listeners go to the show, since we talk about these things a lot, you'd be listening for these things and kind of, paying attention to see what they do it'll be fun to see how concerts are ruined after that i well yeah i think we're totally vulnerable to that now listening to all these because now it's so easy for us to say oh no it's so much better this way from the show from right. 1996 that we listened to <laughs> that's probably never going to happen again but that that's i guess that's the risk we 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 take doing this 100 percent, 100 percent. um all right, let's let's get into why go. I think we have a little bit of a talking point with why go because this is again the theme of the night. Jeff's bass is just not strong. It just sounds like Popeye super weak here. Super Popeye weak here. couldn't get enough spinach, and you know, and he got knocked out by Brutus or whatever his name was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I said the transition out of not for you sounds really good, but uh, yeah, Jeff's bass was super weak here. It's his twelve string that he's using. It's not his regular. His regular twelve string. He's he was using a different one. Uh, I don't know if it's if it, I don't think it was EQ'd properly or something. I, I think the it had to do with the switch or something. But something's going on here, and it comes up again later. Uh, once again, being the, in the pit, it's quite different because I I did not remember that it sound sounded that bad. But you know, maybe maybe I have some issue with my memory, but. Uh, you know, witnessing this song, I felt I everyone was going very crazy about it. So it was. It's sometimes some for some songs. Some songs it's very different if you just listen to the bootlegs or if you were there at the show. And for I have a, a vivid memory of this song. So I don't know why, but I think a, a lot of times that I've seen Why Go at least that the crowd in the beginning, the the hey hey hey, and everybody gets. It's a very jumpy, bouncy song. Um, it, it, it definitely sticks out among the others that are kind of around this, you know, um, and you, you, you bring up a really good point from hearing the show live to then listening on a bootleg. You, you can't take that moment where you heard it live and ever hear it like that again. It's, it's special and it's special for that one reason. And really, you know, when you think about it, we, Yes, we're a live Pearl Jam podcast, but we're kind of a bootleg Pearl Jam podcast. Um, not the way that you would say <laughs> you're a bootleg Pearl Jam podcast, but uh, we're covering bootlegs because unless you know 
we go to a show and we see it and we experience it and we capture that moment you and we can't even capture that moment and and give it to you because that moment is ours that moment is is everybody who went there and we can only talk about it with fond memories and we can't bring that back so you know that's that's why it's so good to have somebody there that gets that experience you didn't hear jeff's bass you didn't notice it but you said why go sticks out in your memory so that's that's what's important yeah um another really good transition here matt i'll let i'll let you take take the wheel yeah on. no uh really really bad transition here um oh god come on we've been waiting for this for like six weeks what this this uh, an ender like this for a for a set one no just the way that rear mirror doesn't you know tickle into the song yeah yeah that that's all fine and, and dandy but uh did you notice how how when the band comes in jeff he doesn't play the part he lets a note ring out did you notice no that? i didn't it, it, it sounded terrible yeah it's because matt skipped an entire measure and came in way too early and the band wasn't ready oh you know what i think i did notice matt's part yeah. Jeff wasn't ready. Matt skips a measure. That's the thing with this, man. There's a lot of these little stupid mistakes. Like, Matt, he did some kind of weird drum roll, drum fill in Do the Evolution that we forgot to talk about. It threw that whole, you know, post-chorus into the into the verse. It, it threw the timing off. They were a little lost there. Just a, a lot of little strange little mistakes. And, and uh, Jeff had a lot. And this was a bad one from Matt. I had to listen and count. I counted him in. And I'm like, oh, you are early. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and you just hear Jeff. He just goes, because he's like, oh, we're, we're starting. <laughs> yeah, I would say for Review Mirror, the part that I really like uh, is the uh, extending jam uh, during the bridge. I agree, especially with this one, because they... They sometimes let it get really spacey and jammy, yeah. um, but sometimes like this one, they they turn it into like another rock song. It's fast and it's it's up tempo and it's the drums are going and the bass is going. And I I think I prefer it this way. I, I like it when they almost put in a whole different rock song at the end of it before they before they go let it die and then go back into the into the end. Uh, this was a a, a great. Uh, version of that and example of that we've covered a lot of different versions of this uh including what you said the, the jammy version i feel like a lot of the early stuff was very jammy yeah uh, and this was one this and porch were two that they really became their experimental songs so to speak where they mm -hmm. could go kind of off off book with it um but I, I agree. I kind of li like when the bridge is way more rock and roll and it kind of it builds it kind of builds back up before going into uh, the part where it kind of dies down. Uh, Encore starts here. Ed had a speech and I didn't I didn't write it down. Uh, do you guys remember what he said? I think it was in English. Uh, Randy, you know I usually uh, count on you to do the Eddie speeches. I yeah, I, this one I, I, I tend I on. tend to skip them. Yeah, yes, uh, Aurelian. Really, I want I wanted to ask you. I thought I noticed on the video when they come out here and they do Yellow Moon and and they're all sitting down. Was Mike looking through binoculars? Uh, I don't remember that. It, it looked like as Eddie was talking, Mike kept picking up a pair of binoculars that were next to his seat, and he was kind of scanning over yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the arena, which was really funny because of how massive this place is. Uh, whoever he was trying to look for, he probably did not find. 
Probably not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry I didn't get to write down Edge's speech. It's one of the few times he actually spoke in a language that I speak, but uh, I have failed you all. I apologize. I resign as host of this show. <laughs> and now I've been reinstated. All right, we're back. Uh, Yellow Moon kicks off the encore, and uh, I, I I, didn't hear Jeff at all during this. Uh, something is really missing. It's missing It's missing bass, it's missing percussion, and it's, it's really, it has no steam. Uh, I, I feel like this version might have made this song which a song that I has have enjoyed in the past, uh, it I don't, you know, this might have taken it down a notch. Interesting, because I actually I thought it sounded pretty good. I thought it sounded I thought it was nice. I thought it was a good it way to kick it off. To me. Yeah, it was it, it wasn't particularly full. I do agree with that, but performance wise, I, I thought it was I thought it was nice. It was nice. It's like a nice. It's like a nice little. Little bouquet of flowers you come home to on the kitchen table. <laughs> no, I think it was nice to to get a few lightning bolt songs because uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, it's only the fourth uh, songs from Lightning Bolt uh, played during the, that night, and um, I think it was five. Yeah, I think Sirens, Swallowhole, Yell, uh, Yell Moon. Yes, and Minor Matters. Minor Matters, yeah. Lightning Bolt, yeah. So, so, so I think it, I don't know what's your opinion, but uh, they have just really the, released a new album and they played only four or five songs uh, of this new album uh, d- during its shows. What's your opinion about it? I, I think mean, that's fair. Um, uh, that's a fair number to me. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think you want too many more. I mean, we, we caught a show just, uh, what was it, two or three episodes ago. They did... They did what, like eleven yield songs off of it out of thirteen. That was last week. They did yeah. eleven out of thirteen no code songs. Yeah, uh, no, no code. Sorry, I said yields because I'm thinking about this show had some yield on it. Um, that's right. And we did the one during the avocado time where they did a lot of avocado songs, but I didn't like it because of of how they they mix them up. And if they're not placed right, and it's not a full album show, but you're doing you're doing almost the entire thing. You got to place them right, or or it's not good. And in times like that, I would rather them just do maybe three or four off of off of the album. So I yeah. could go. I'm 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 on the fence with that. I could I could take it either way. But the one thing about the show is that ten dominated. Uh, it had eight eight songs from ten played, and then you had Vitalogy with five, Lightning Bolt with five, Yield with three, and then the rest had two or one. It was it was not as evenly proportioned as i think a lot of people would like things um uh and a lot of the post lightning bolt tours have been very 10 heavy uh you know at least five songs per show if not much more so you know just just something to to think about um elderly woman is next and i want to play it because you know going back to what we were saying before you get when you go to a bunch of live shows, you listen to a bunch of bootlegs, you get certain uh, things that get caught in your mind and, and uh, you know, that you re- recognize. And one of the things, uh, cues, so to speak. Uh, and one of the cues that is a very popular Pearl Jam cue is one, two, three, four, two, three, going into uh, Elderly Woman. So 
that doesn't happen here and it actually makes me appreciate it so much more so we're gonna play it and just listen to how he goes into it and the song because they don't do it has such a different feel to it so let's listen in Recognize your face Wanting familiar, yeah I can't seem to place it Can I find a candle upon To light your name Oh, lifetimes are catching on with me into this song with the one two three four two three immediately it catches your ear and you're immediately you know that the first uh word is going to be i seem to recognize your face and you're singing along and it becomes a sing-along this version though it felt more emotional it wasn't as much of a sing-along and i i liked it that way and i i, I do like when the song is a sing-along it deserves to be but i kind of like that this was a lot different i think they were just trying to hammer down that campfire feel they're all sitting and maybe they thought switch it up as much as they can to really hammer in this vibe they were going for is the best way to describe it i think yes i think that there was a lot of emotion when they play this song I like the sing-along version, but maybe uh, as an opener or earlier in the set. But at this part, I like the I like how it sounded. It, it there was more emotion, I think. Yeah, hundred percent more emotion into it. I thought it sounded fantastic too. Uh, it's nice to hear it, even if it's just a little different. It, it's nice to hear a a, a switch around because it's not like it's not like a whole different version, but. Uh, like I said, I think they were just trying to go with this this specific vibe um, for for this area of the set, and I, I yeah, it wasn't too different, but it was it was again, it was nice, 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 nice. Yes, and I think if you if you take into consideration Yellow Moon that was before and the let's say the free song that come after, I think it's it sounds better this way. The flow is better with this rendition compared to the classic uh, folky song, I would say. I, I agree. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Yeah, that's... Uh, and, and it's funny that a little thing like doing the one, two, three, four, two, three could change the song and how people see it and how 
the you know and what kind of emotion they're pouring into it that that's i think that's a really interesting you know way to to say hey this this song needs a little more emotion in this part of the set how do we put that into it we take out that little intro that we do so that's uh that i like how they can recognize that and make that change on the fly um and that goes into a live on four legs debut thin air and what do we do with live on four legs debuts play the song we gotta hear it we gotta hear it so let's hear it thin air for the first time on the four of our legs the six of them since early in tier two There's a line where my baby's in my don't have too much on this one um i thought it fit in it sounded really good and it again fit in with this little section of the set that was really just the the campfire sing-alongs yeah all i wrote is that it it sounds good and i really like the feel they're going for here Uh, i think it works really well yeah it it sounds good it's definitely one of one not one of my favorite song but uh it was a nice song, and uh, if I remember well, after this song, uh, Ed Toast is his wife, because it was kind of an yes. anniversary or yep, something that's, like that. Mm-hmm, that's gonna that's gonna bring us right into uh, into the next song. Yeah, that's that's perfect transition. It goes into Just Breathe. He he does speak in a little Italian, uh, and then says something about Jill, and says uh, it's their anniversary. Um, for Just Breathe, I couldn't tell if there were strings on the version or Boom just sounds so much different. That's Boom. That's Boom. Okay. By different, you mean fantastic, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's... Well, I mean, I sat, I said it sounded like strings. It's... I, I, I had a, a thought about this, too, and I wanted to get your opinion, uh, both of your opinions. As you know, I, like, I do like hearing the song still because I'm super lame. And it was really nicely done, and the 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 mood with the lighting and everything in the crowd. It was it was really cool to watch. Do you, do you feel like this song is a bit out of order? Because I feel like this campfire vibe had really good momentum going, uh, building up, and then he does the toast and he does just breathe, and it kind of brings that all the way back down to zero. But then I wasn't sure because the transition into daughter is flawless, and I love it. Um. About this song, I like the transition in Daughter, but I'm not a big fan of Just Brief because I'm not, I'm not. Uh, for me, it's uh, Eddie sort of songs and not that much of a Persian song. 
where I would normally 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think that could I like, skip this one or put something else, but just brief. It's it's really. I I don't know. I've never really liked this song, so it was okay to to hear it live. But I'm I'm not a big fan, so I'm biased uh, with it. Yeah, I I you know I I I like the song uh, now. I I've grown a new appreciation for it um it's going to be my first dance song so uh oh, of course so you, i like you, it you made the decision huh yeah i, I think it's pretty much I, I it it's one of those decisions where we can't we don't want to let it linger until the day before so the band needs to learn do, it anyway do not, so do not do that to your band randy do not yeah do that to your band. i know i know that's that's why we're it's pr- we're pretty confident about it so um i you know but that doesn't mean i have i'm 100 percent okay with it in certain spots in the set i thought that my my notes on this were that it was just way too lovey-dovey of a section here i you know i'm but, but, not but look, but look what he's doing it for i oh yeah no i 100 percent agree you have to give him the pass on that i know and i guess for me being in the if I were in the crowd for this one, I would have been kind of like, you know, sticking my finger at my tongue. Like, eh. I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of their love, you know, love songs. Uh, it does feel like it is kind of Eddie Vedder takeover, uh, which is fine to an extent. But, um, you know, working in this, I have the same kind of con confliction that you do matt um i thought it was a flawless transition into daughter but i think that playing this before thin air would have worked better because thin air is more bouncy and uh it has a vibe to it i thought he should have done it alone in the very beginning because i i just don't think i think if it's if it's thrown in anywhere else besides that I feel like some of this momentum that they're building up is just kind of broken right down again to zero and, and it's a little strange. So that's kind of what I'm saying by the lovey dovey two lovey dovey songs in a row. It, 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 you lose the crowd. The only issue I had was it was, uh, was that it, where it was placed because I, I do still like the song. Yeah. Uh, it has nothing, <laughs> has nothing to do with it being lovey dovey or anything like that. I think it's just a well-written song. Oh no, per- totally agree. Totally agree. It's a, it's a, it's a song look every i it's good to have an opinion okay here's how i'll put it um in re, in wrestling yes i, I i'm going there uh there we al- we almost made it almost made it to the end <laughs> <laughs> um if if you're if you're not a wrestling fan you might know the name roman reigns he for the last 4 or 5 years he's been kind of touted as, you know, being the next in that John Cena role, who everybody knows his name. Uh, And the fans have kind of pushed back on it, and they've said, no, we don't really want him in that role. But the thing is, is that he's coming out to an audience that's reacting to it. And the, the whole idea is... It doesn't matter if you like them or you or you hate them. They're reacting to it, and that's good. And that's the same thing with Just Breathe. You have an opinion on it, and that's and it's good to have. Everybody has an opinion on it, so yeah. you know it, it does its job. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's maybe right. because I I have a 
specific um, let's say history story with this song because I I kind of stopped listening to Pearl Jam in 1996 because I was disappointed by No Code and I only let's say I I, st I, list I started only to listen once again to Pearl Jam in 2011 I think so I spent a few uh, nearly 15 years without listening to Pearl Jam but in 2009 one of my friends tried to uh, to convince me to listen to Pearl Jam uh, once again and he made me listen to Just Brief and I just say okay I don't want to listen that, to, to, to that band anymore it's just uh, I don't understand it, it, it's not Pearl Jam not, yeah that's not a good way to introduce somebody back into the band yeah. um, mm -hmm. we should talk about that at some point if you're trying to introduce somebody into the band and I have friends who uh, Matt our other friend named Matt um, he told me over text one time that that anytime Pearl Jam comes on the radio he will turn it off immediately that he can't stand them and I and I said to him I'm like well I understand that about the hits because they're very much their stereotypical Eddie and if you're not into how Eddie sounds you're not going to be into those songs but a lot of the rest of their stuff he's not he doesn't he's not that You know, so you have to figure out a couple of songs to sort of ease people into, uh, and just just breathe. Probably, for certain people, probably isn't the way to do that. So, um, I think we've burned ourselves out on this conversation. Though, <laughs> um, uh, let's go into to daughter uh, again. Transition was flawless, uh, and. Daughter sounds good. Uh, I didn't hate this version. Uh, I don't know if it's one of these things where I'm, I'm warming up to it. As you've heard in previous shows, I've, I've said, let's just skip talking about Daughter because I haven't been interested. But uh, I thought as far as Daughter goes, it sounded good. But that's not the story here. Uh, the story is within the tags. Uh, we do get a WMA tag, um, and then you hear the rhythm of It's Okay. However, you get something else completely different. This is the most popular song that Pearl Jam has ever played at a live show. So take a listen. I said I, I was hoping I would never ever have to hear that again. And now you just heard it again. Yeah. So yeah. not only did uh, I just hear it again listening back, but I had to edit it in. I had to cut it down. I had to adjust the volume. So I probably just heard it three, four, five more times. So once again, thank you, Randy. <laughs> does he does he reach the level of Elsa? Or is it Anna? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no, he absolutely did because I immediately wanted to kill myself. So <laughs> I'd say he's dead on. Why do you Why do you think that they did this? Why do you think? Obviously, it's the most popular movie, 2014. I think I think it came out that that winter, and it's the most popular movie in the universe, and it's still to this day kids and 
even some adults love it. I, I, you know, it's not for me. It's not, and I'm a Disney guy. I'm going to Disney this week. Uh, it, but I've never really been into Frozen that much. So, so it came out November 2013. Okay. Yep. I, no, I couldn't tell. I, I, I should watch it again. But I thought maybe he was looking down at the lyrics for it. Do you, do you, think, <laughs> do you think it could have been as something as simple as 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 he was just like? Uh, this might be funny tonight. No, I think it was a, a request from one of his daughter. Ah, oh. bingo! That's exactly what I yeah. said. Yep. All right, now, all right, you know, now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Olivia's tuning in and being like, I can't believe you, I can't believe that you ate my request. Hey, he's a, he, he's a, good, he's a good dad. Uh, I, I won't discredit <laughs> that. I don't like it, but... Okay, uh, that's yes. fine. That's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, need, I did not get it at the time because um, in France, the, the movie uh, was dubbed and uh, there was uh, another singer who, who sang a song in French with uh, different lyrics. Sure. So I did not get the, the fact that it was uh, from Frozen. And of course, uh. they're, they're, they're playing the other progression over the, the lyrics. So if you... If, yeah, I guess that's tough to pick up on yeah. immediately if, if you're not hearing the actual song being played. Exactly. With English over it, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we can uh, we can skip on to the next one. I think that that's over and done with. They they only did that at one or two other shows, uh, so who knows if we'll ever cover them. But again, live on four legs first. We have to do it at least once. So getting into Jeremy. Super weak. He's back on that bass that I don't think was EQ'd right. And uh, the the intro to Jeremy here left me just bored, to be honest. And we've heard some that like really blow you away. It um to me, it it definitely sounded different, but it sounded heavier. It was a little less egregious than some of those other sound. It seemed tinny. It seemed empty to me. I'm I'm not. I don't know. There was. So- something going on with with the mix with, you might with be, jeff you might be right you might be right uh I, I thought this part was a little heavier though uh than the other versions of you know why go and and the other songs where he did not sound as good I, it, it was it was better than the why go intro for sure but it still was not it wasn't it wasn't there yet yes i'm fi- I'm, I'm a fanboy of jeremy so i you know what uh, I'm so I'm I'm a very huge fan of this song. Uh, it's one of uh, maybe it's one of the songs that uh, turns me into Pearl Jam. So I, once again, once again, uh, being at the show, I did not notice uh, something unusual, unusual or or an issue. It was uh, I think we I was really into the song. I, I thought Jeff's performance was good. I just didn't think his bass sounded as as good as it it could have. Yeah, no, uh, you know, we kind of, we've said before that we kind of define the song on how uh, they end it, not how they begin it, and how much energy they put into the end. I think the energy was there, the the ha, 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 and he, 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 all that crap at the end, I think uh, sounded really good. I think they were into it. All right, after Jeremy, uh, we get Eddie back on the mic saying it is Matt Cameron's wife's April's birthday. So they sing to her, and I had an epiphany during this uh, version of Happy Birthday. Um, it comes up a lot. It's usually some somebody's birthday, you know, 
somebody in the band. I think they've sang to Jeff before. Uh, some one of their crew members, Pete Townsend, whoever it is. Uh, it's always somebody's birthday. Um, and if they sing happy birthday to somebody, you'll notice that Ed likes to try to sound like he's the loudest person in the room. And Kind of like Michael all, Scott when he always takes the high harmony. You read my fucking mind. <laughs> you know why? Because that episode was on Comedy Central last night. I oh. just saw it. Dude, that's oh. hilarious. And we're all going to take a second and sing happy birthday to April Cameron because I know it'll freak her out. Matt Cameron's right. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Creed. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, buddy. That was <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm glad we we uh, we we can humor ourselves with this this stuff sometimes, and I, I hope that um, I hope that you're a fan of The Office, really, and, and we're not confusing. No, I, I, our, I don't. I have no knowledge of The Office. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Not even the British Office. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> we tried, but I think a lot of people will uh, will 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 love what we did just there. Yeah, I, I don't really watch TV. I don't watch TV a lot, so... You know what? That's that's smart. <laughs> I, I keep, that's a good thing. I keep saying to myself that all I do is watch TV and I'm on two tablets at once. I'm on my iPad and my iPhone all at once and it's too much stimulation and I get crazy oh. when it happens. No, no, so you... It's, for, it's tough when you work from home, though. Yeah. I don't watch TV when I work. Yeah, sometimes, you know, just uh, I know I'll, I'll be learning songs or something for, for a wedding and I'm like, oh, I got to have something on in the background. I don't have to, but I do. I got to cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, man, this is a really long encore. Uh, it is. Usually we'd be done by now and heading into the second, but uh, they decide to extend the first encore a little bit and leave the second as uh, bread and butter essentially uh, and we get another awesome rendition of Better Man here and uh, a really good save it for later and I'm happy to have it and always happy to hear it and everything sounds fantastic. How was it live though because that's where this comes into play. It doesn't matter what we listen to on the bootleg but how was it hearing this live? I, live is awesome because uh, everyone uh, knows the word, everyone sings uh, out loud. So it's it's really a kind of um, a kind of um, a moment when everyone is just singing the same words and f- probably thinking the same thing. So Better Man is always special. I'm I have never been a huge fan of the of the studio version of Better Man. Uh, because it, I think at the time it was probably, the, I think it was too poppy, but uh, live it's something fully different. Uh, yeah, everything he just said. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, look, I think for a lot of people, they go to shows and they say, 
I want to hear Better Man, and that's really such a high point. It's just, it's not, it's not a high point in the bootlegs because you know we do hear this version a lot. So that's for anybody that this is this could be their first show tuning in, and you you might be saying, how come you you guys aren't talking more about Even Flow or Better Man or, or Alive? It's it's because uh, you know the bootleg version doesn't do live song the justice that it deserves so um you know that that's pretty much it Uh, um it transitions perfectly into spin the black circle i thought that was fantastic uh and you know i got i got nothing on spin the black i thought thought it sounded awesome i thought it was a really awesome spot for it yeah you know me i'm i'm take it or leave it on spin the black circle but placement helps and I really like it after Better Man. I mean, I really like it. I thought this was great. It's bringing the energy up at the end. Uh, at the end of the set, when you're kind of you're kind of seeing the tea leaves here, and you know, thing, it's getting pretty late. Uh, but to get something really fast and hard this late is uh, definitely it's a special moment. It, it honestly comes out of nowhere. What 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 was your reaction to it, really? Um, I was okay because I'm not a big fan of the song. I would have preferred probably Blood. Okay. Uh, we're 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 not we're not going to disagree with you there. <laughs> no, not at all. No, because with this song, it's the first song that I uh, that I've heard from uh, Vitalogy, and at the time I was kind of disappointed by the fact that it was only power chords uh, played at a fast pace. So I I always have this, uh, you know, I. I always, I always have in my head the feeling that I, that I had uh, in 1993 uh, or 1994, probably, when I first heard the song. So it's one of the songs that I've never really enjoyed. It just sticks to you sometimes. I, I, totally, I totally get what you mean. That's probably why, you know, Wishlist has never been one of my favorites and never will be, because I just remember listening to it when i was 12 on yield and being like this is just boring boring no 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 and while i appreciate it's 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 identity as a song i i i can't get the 12 year old uh out of my mind on that so i totally understand where you're coming from <laughs> it's a um, it's a it's a good example of how sometimes even with songs like this because i'm with aurelian on this uh, or uh his opinion on it, I, I agree with that. Uh, it just shows you how important placement can be sometimes, and that's kind of what we stress here on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that, and that's what's changed our mind on so many songs like Jeremy and uh, yeah, absolutely, and even Wishlist to an extent, where we've said Wishlist has sounded really good in certain shows. So it was, it was um, Camden, right? I think we both liked where it was. It was a really great, liked that one. It was a moment, you know, and and. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we go into Luke and from that and, uh, uh, how many words were you able to make out? Maybe (laughs) three, four, maybe this is mostly gibberish. Yeah. It, it should have ended the set though. (laughs) Well, what if porch didn't end the set? Cause that, that, all right. I would have been disappointed hearing Porch again for the second time. But I think... I mean, there's... Yes. I think there's probably a lot of people that might not have gotten to the preset, so... I, I guess, you but know, still, but that doesn't, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's corny. 
Yeah, because the venue was far from being full during the preset. You know the yeah. So yeah. But did did not you discuss in the past episode uh, uh, the f uh, I don't know I, maybe I'm wrong, but you discussed the fact that. Uh, Does it make sense to that a song in a preset is played later in the set? Yeah, I, I, I had mentioned it because I think that's that's this. It might have been this set list that I was looking at when I said uh, that two. So when we were talking about the same song being played twice in the same night, "Rockin' in the Free World." Ah, was, yes, it, uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. from from that conversation. Yep. I don't remember where that stem. It was somewhere in the Ottawa show with with Patrick. I don't remember how we started that conversation but um yeah just man okay i'm okay with porch being here because this is this is very typical to have porch here but if you're going out on stage and playing something uh ahead of time don't play something that's going to be on the set list later because then it's going to make it feel like a reprise and it just it's repetitive to me i think that um Maybe he should have played like you know you got to hide your love away or I don't know yeah, a Cat Stevens yeah. song or a Springsteen well, song. Yeah, I've I have an idea for it too. Uh, what I'd written down and all right, where do I start on this? Well, okay, this is not the intro we like, of course. It's, no, uh, yeah, it's almost like he's doing exactly the same thing as he did in the preset. But um, you know that that aside, I understand the point of the preset and the warm up. And uh, it could warm himself up, it could warm the crowd up, and maybe it's uh, a good way to use a, a preset song as a way to do a final line check or something. If you wanted to just, you know, oh, you know, I didn't check this during sound check, let me just make sure my in-ears and my monitors are fine. Whatever it is, who knows. But having said that, you have already done the sound check, and by this point, you probably know Porch is going to make it onto the main set. So why not do like setting forth in the preset? And then what I thought would have been uh, really cool is do down where setting forth was something like that in that spot. I think that would have been a lot I'm better right with that, you know, like yeah. do, do that, that saves song. You time too. Save, saves yeah, you time. It breaks you out of a, uh, a, a filler spot, a spot of the set, at least, at least a, a double filler. I don't know. That, that was my thought. I, I was listening to it, went back, and I'm like, setting forth, boom, preset. Do it, do whatever you got to do for a preset. If it's a line check, if you want to warm up, if it's just a thank you for the crowd, they'll love it no matter what it is. It's out of the way. Add down in here. That I think that'll work really well. Yeah, I, look, I, I just, I would rather, they, he could have played anything, whether I would have liked it or not. I would have just been bummed to hear the same song twice. That's that's all that's all i got but yeah for the people that maybe didn't catch the preset okay that that's fine but you know maybe just do something else for for the people that did catch it you know that that's i think it's fair and appropriate but yeah we'll leave we'll we'll let him figure it out hopefully by now he has but um encore 2 is really bread and butter Uh, there's not a lot of time to spend on it, but um, Ed talks about science, discovery, war, mental health, corruption, all in the same sentence, and he says all those things are keeping people from living in peace. Uh, I, I, I'm going to guess the war and mental health and corruption part, but the science and discovery, you know, I, I forget what 
was kind of where he was going with this. I think it was some sort of, yes, this is what he was going with. It, it, was, it was great to see this many people in this part of the world together agreeing on something. So he was saying that in 2014, and then two years later, uh, that became impossible. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, but th- this is this is bread and butter. This is alive into rocking in the free world into Ledbetter. And um, man, we can just lump these together if we wanted to. Is there anything at the end here? I, I'll, I'll give it to to you first, Aurelian, because you saw these and. Um, you know, this being your fourth show, I would have to think that you were pretty excited for this ending, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that run of the mill to you yet, right? Yeah, I think I was not uh, burned out by these uh, three songs put together at the end of a show. Definitely, um, "Rocking in a Free World" is one of my favorite cover. I'm always, I'm always vivid. I still remember the first, uh, you know, when they play it. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was uh, maybe in the MTV uh, Video Music Awards back in the day. I don't yep. know, so I still have in mind that uh, the songs. Um, I would say the the thing that I remember from the show is that during Rocking in a Free World, I don't know if it's Stone or or, or Mike um, gave his the guitar to uh, Matt Cameron's uh, son. Yes, uh, Eddie actually shout shouted him out. He said, uh, "That's Matt Cameron's son, Ray." Um, who I, to bring it all together, um, to put a little bow on this, uh, he sang happy birthday to April, his wife here. I think I've been to a show where he sang happy birthday to Ray. Okay. I think it was Hartford in 2013. I think that's the one, which is just, just funny how they kind of connect somehow. I don't know. <laughs> if I'm crazy by saying all that, but coming back to the ty- to the type of venue, uh, ending a show in a stadium, I think that these these three songs are appropriate. You know, I I, I definitely prefer prefer hearing uh, indifference as a closer, but it's better in an arena. But in an open air, opener stadium, these three songs are definitely what what is appropriate. Even if it's not what I I would have liked to hear, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you, you, you have you have to go this route for sure. It's, uh, I'm with you too. It, it just it's the vibe of the stadium. It, they are all three of them are arena rock songs, stadium songs, um, and yeah, they might be overdone, overplayed, uh, over out, you know, uh, commonly positioned where they are. But um, certain nights you can just let that slide, and you can feel the energy, especially when you have a crowd like this. Everything yeah. else goes out the window because you know it's going to be incredible. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Out of the three of these, I thought that Rockin' in the Free World is especially good. Rockin' was good. Uh, in, in these. But uh, I don't know. We're, we're calling it bread and butter. I think we should call it bread and lud, bread and lud butter. And, and, and lead, lead butter. Lead butter. <laughs> <laughs> did I say lead butter or did I say lud butter? I said lud butter. We can, call it, we can call it Lud Butter if you want. That works, Lud, too. Lud Butter. That's actually easier to say. Yeah, that's probably why I said it. Okay, bread and Lud Butter. Um, missing the cut on this show uh, from the original set list, Chloe Dancer slash Crown of Thorns in the first encore, and then to start the second encore, uh, Comatose into Got Some. Uh, 
man got some in an encore is like that's my nightmare i hate that but uh i I wouldn't i I need that early first set i wouldn't want it in an encore either that takes away from from something something special that that could go in its place yeah i completely agree did uh disappointed you didn't hear any of those uh, three or four songs no because i've already witnessed this this one so it was no i was not burned uh i think that chloe dancer and crowd of fans they play this song just the, the show after in Trieste. um but no what i would say it was an almost a three hour long show so i think you know, I, it was very fine for me and looking back at the set list i think it actually it, it probably um a nice a nice uh, set for uh, for a first program show because you get almost all the staples you know you just add uh, yep. you miss maybe yeah. animal and uh, i don't know uh, pretty much the only one that i came to think of but i think it, it, they it, nailed the hits yes you have all the hits you have a few uh, let's say uh, deep cuts so i think it was a once again, for a crowd that's huge, probably not composed only of a diehard, uh, hardcore diehard fans of Perjam, I think it, it was the kind of set that probably pleased uh, the most people. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's diverse in a way that it has, it has a lot of album representation on it. It's not diverse in the way that, you know, it's very heavy 10, but um, it's approachable. It's something that um I, I like to use my brother as an example of the casual fan that you know sort of dropped out after a couple albums but you know really likes the stuff that he likes and if he were to go to a show to hear eight songs from 10 he would be really happy uh you know instead of hearing like five songs from no code and then four songs from binaural he probably would have been like i didn't really get the point of the show uh so but we would have all been insane crazy about it so that's you know you gotta gotta get everybody in and gotta get everybody happy and i think this show definitely uh uh did that so um that we're here at this point now uh let's rate it uh really you go first um i think it's okay i I would give him a 7.5 because I think that it's uh, it was a very nice show to attend, but uh, running the set list, I was kind of a little disappointed by the fact that they played no songs from uh, Ryan Act and uh, Avocado. So I will 7.5. It's true. I don't even think we touched on that, that there was no Riot Act, no Avocado at all. Yeah, yeah but around this era, it's just kind of, you just assume... Yeah, Riot Act isn't that surprising. You'll probably get an I am mine or a save you if you're real lucky uh, around right. this time. But yeah, not having an avocado, that's not that's not really a, a surprise either. So that's probably why I wasn't even thinking about it. All right, uh, Matt, should what I, do you got? Should I go? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like what they played. There's just a couple spots here that I wasn't thrilled, but it really doesn't go any more than one or two songs at a time that I, I disliked. Yeah, it wasn't Jeff's best show, but I thought the rest of the band was was really good. I feel like a six is too low because the crowd is on fire the whole night. And like I said, w- there is a lot of good stuff here and, and you get a lot of good hits and uh, they do a lot of cool things. Elderly Woman, that spot and the way they did it 
standout, really cool. What else? Uh, Spin the Black Circle after Better Man in the second encore sounded awesome. Uh, the Bread and Butter was awesome. Bread and Lud Butter. The Lud Butter, yeah. <laughs> the whole intro, honestly, the whole open, uh, Release Nothing Man, Sirens, Black, Go. I mean, give that to me every single show I go. That That's so cool, and it's uh, it's different, it's interesting, and I really like that. So, yeah, I, I could go. I can go seven on this. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go the same route. I'm gonna go seven on it too, because uh, I, you know, the thing that st- sticks out the most to me is the transitions from song to song. I thought a lot of them were absolutely flawless. Uh, you know, that it's really important. It's a really important part of the set, and it really means the band is together on things. That means they're tight. It means that they're focused. Um, and it means that they just don't want to screw around and waste time. And and for for that, you were granted 35 songs in total uh, this whole night. So that's a fantastic uh, part of the show. Like, it's, it's such a huge encore. Um, you know, the, the, it, it, there were some points where I, I said it, it, it lacked a little bit of an oomph. You know, that, that, that swallowed hole slash setting forth part could have used a little more oomph. But even even so, that, that whole entire first set was 22 songs if there's a little bit of downtime during those 22 songs then fine and honestly if you say that those songs are always going to be filler then they're never gonna find a place for those songs so um this had really good stuff in it the intro was really good the you know a lot of really good performances it deserves it deserves a seven i thought it was a good show so that's where we stand a 7.5 a 7 and a 7 um and we're we're pretty good we we don't we haven't been ranking a real lot of low shows lately matt we've been doing pretty good on this yeah because uh people have been giving us great shows or or at, at the very least shows that i would not mind seeing it doesn't have to be perfect every time like this show wasn't perfect but god damn i would I would have loved to have been there. And then that matter, like Aurelian bringing this up and saying that he wanted to cover this. And I know why he chose this one, because his original uh, show that he wanted to do was kind of, I kind of told him that we shouldn't do it yet. Um, you want to do London night Two? Yes. 2018. That's, that's the one that you want to do. Yes. Uh, and we, we will at some point. Um, it's just a little too soon for it, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think for this this show in London 2, 2018, the set list is very unusual, I think. There's a lot of... Uh, they almost took all the requests from the forum and so on, so it it was very specific vibe for this show. But the Rome show, I think, it, uh, the My- Milan show, sorry, um, I think it's a solid set, and it's definitely... Uh, it was definitely worth uh, worth seeing it, uh, traveling to to Milan to attend to it because you have the the set list, the show, but being able to to be part of the uh, this huge stadium, it was something. But it was very different from what I have experienced in an arena or in a festival. Yeah, that's look. You know, we have um, big ballparks that are here: Wrigley Field, Fenway. Uh, Safeco, and I mean, they sell them out every single time, and it's a special occasion every single time. So I totally get what you're saying. 
you know, the big arena feel is so important here, and, and you can tell that the crowd uh, uh, brought the big arena game and, and not the, uh, you know, the dinky 10,000-seat arena uh, game that maybe other crowds would bring. So that's, yeah, that's a really it's a really good point, and that's, that's it for this show. Uh, let's... Do you want to play a game? Do you want to? Do you want to be in on this game? Do you want to be part I of this? I can try. <laughs> you can, okay. I think it, I, I think I chose a category that's pretty easy. Okay. That wasn't wouldn't be too difficult for you. Um, I am going to time it out. Uh, uh, we'll both count, Matt. Um, uh, your category is name as many one word Pearl Jam songs as you can in a minute. Okay. Think you can do that one? Yes, I will try. <laughs> okay. I don't want to embarrass you. So no, no, no. If this doesn't go well, then we won't, we won't air it. Okay, just give me the start. All right. Um, I'll give you a three, two, one. All right. Three, two, one, go. Uh, once Alive, Jeremy Black Garden, Release Deep, um... Go, daughter, uh, sad. Um, yes, it's other. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, so and you have 40 seconds I, left, so just pace yourself, you know? Um, uh, evacuation. Uh, to grievance. Uh, fatal. Wash and many others. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's harder than I could imagine. I could have imagined. Yeah, fifteen seconds, like twelve seconds left. Do you want to give it another shot? Try to get. You're fourteen. Uh, education. You at fourteen. Education. Um, Three, two, one. That's, uh, it. that's it. We got you at fifteen. That's pretty good. Yeah, fifteen. Not bad. <laughs> Um, basically, you could have done. You did all a ten. You, you, I think you hit everything from ten except for oceans. Yeah. Uh, but versus, I think everything besides elderly woman is all one word. Ah uh, yes, because there's black. Yes, uh, blood and rats and uh, yeah. Rearview mirror being one word. Rearview mirror. Yeah, indifference, insignificance. Yes, there were so many. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, no, no one likes being put on the spot. That's why Randy and I play participate <laughs> in the games. We just, we make other people play them. Oh, I would love to do this. Are you kidding me? One, one of these days, we'll just participate. Uh, all right. Um, Aurelian, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you for coming on and sharing your experience. Uh, thank you for contributing to the podcast. Uh, you know, you've been here from the beginning and you've been hardcore about it you email us almost every week and you know we don't we don't do this without people as passionate uh as you are so again we thank you and thank you for coming on and uh if you have one last thing to say now is the time to say it no i'd like to thank you for it was a it was nice for to participate in the show sorry for my english mistakes are probably a lot i hope that you won't lose uh, no, too many no, you, were, you were fantastic and, um, no, you were fine. I just really want to thank you for setting up this uh, podcast because, uh, you know, with the Over Jam podcast, I think that you really bring something 
to the community is something that is dif different from what I can see on the forum because on the forum it 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 a lot of people are more interested now in poster memorabilia and so on uh -huh. and I think that sometimes I would like people to be more uh, to discuss more about the songs or about the live shows and so on and it's what I like with uh, your podcast the single podcast theory and the porch is the is that you, you bring something positive to, let's say, the Pearl Jam community. So, and I'm sure that it takes you a lot of time. So thank you for that. Hey, we do it out of love. That's, you know, and again, that you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, a lot of people talk about uh, sort of, you know, merch and, and what they own of Pearl Jams. And, and uh, I, I like talking about Pearl Jam because they, uh, they make me happy and I think they make all of us happy. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much, that's why we do it. So we're just thankful that people are on board with it and want to talk with us. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a part of this show. And uh, we'll do this again really soon. Okay. Yes, hopefully. We'll promise we'll get to London. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> it could be something else. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to London. I, I, I have to keep that promise to you. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So no problem. I'll let you know. All right. Take care, man. So, thank you. Au revoir. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. All right. So, um, yes, like I just said from me from four months ago, that recording that I still haven't changed, um, uh, write into us just to say hi, just to say I've been listening to your show like you guys. Uh, you know, maybe you guys should do this show, even if you don't have a story per se. Like, if there's a bootleg that you've listened to for years and years and years that you want us to cover, then, you know, just, just pose it to us. We're, we're very open to discussion on, on just about everything. We have, uh, a bunch of dates that just have no, uh, no shows to, to go in there yet. So if you want to, uh, if you want to donate and you think you have a good idea for a, a, a smaller Patreon only episode, like a live DVD show or a broadcast performance of something like that, donate and then mention that to us and we could do something like that. You could have your, your very own show. It could be just yours. Yeah. 
a Patreon only. You know, it's super exclusive. That would be, yep. And then all nine of us would listen to it. I think that's worth a dollar, right? I think, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and it's up to everybody's discretion. I think we're going to do, uh, we put a poll out there pretty recently uh, this past week uh, asking people what they wanted to hear for a Patreon episode. And maybe that got in people's ears that we are doing more exclusive content through there. And I want to say we'll probably have something together by the end of March. Uh, I'm sorry, end of February, uh, even sooner than that. Um, you know, just to sort of give us time to, to figure out when we were recorded and all that stuff. But again, uh, Patreon is really where you can help us out. Um, you know, we are going to be giving back to the community, as you saw with the Toys for Tots drive that we did. Um, and not only that, but when they start doing shows where we really want to plan a lot of meetups and we want to make it special for everybody. And we know the shirts are a hit, too. So uh, those will be coming back at, at some point. Who knows? Who knows when? But um, uh, again, again, you get a lot of stuff from us for signing up to Patreon and Honestly, you'll get all this stuff without having to, you know, it doesn't matter how much you donate. Uh, we'll, we'll send you a shirt. Hopefully we have your size, but we'll send you a shirt. Um, we'll send you a bootleg of any show that we've covered so far. Uh, and we will also have you on an episode, as you saw today, with Aurelian. Aurelian uh, uh, got on an episode, and same with Patrick, same with Bradley, and we've... Uh, I think we've been really good about getting these guys on and showing you that, you know, we want to hear from all you guys and, uh, and get to, get to know your experiences. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, we Patreon live on four legs on Patreon. Yeah. That's, Simple. that's pretty much it. Um, and for all, you iTunes listeners out there uh, and subscribers, uh, help us out on iTunes. Uh, rate us, leave us a comment on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, it helps us uh, get get views and, and get more listens and get more clicks. And uh, you know, the more that we have, the better that we do. So you know, we're we're trying to improve every time. If there's something you do like, let us know. If there's something you don't like, let us know too. That that's that's just going to help us. All criticism. Uh, better good is, is always going to lead us into the right direction. So, uh, anything else we got? Can you think of anything no, else? I think so. Um, I, I thought, I thought maybe we could, uh, just let them know what we're doing next week. And, uh, we had the idea of maybe, uh, picking a place at random, the random if place, anyone, if the, the, the random listener yeah, and seeing if they, uh, want to, want to call in. Yeah. I, I think that's a fun game. Um, all right, I'm looking at, see, I go through this, uh, our stats on SoundCloud, and we go through the top cities, and our top city right now with 23 plays, and, and this could just be, you know, stop and go, stop and go. I don't really know the, you know, specifics of it. I don't think 23 people in Blythe, Canada are listening, but if there are, we'd love to hear from all 23 of you. Uh, if anybody from Blythe, Canada is listening, just, just give us, you know, give us a... Uh, shout us, shoot us an email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Let us know, uh, you know, just let us know you're alive. Let us know that you're liking the show that, or if you're not liking the show, whatever, just, just, uh, we want to hear from you. So 
Uh, yeah, Blythe, Canada. Don't even know the province. <laughs> um, next week is MSG Night Two, nineteen ninety-eight. So we're, we're continuing. Yep, we're continuing our uh, tradition throughout the year. We're going to do MSG shows throughout this whole year. We uh, started off the year with Night One of this tour, and now we're going to do Night Two, which is. Everybody knows what this show is about. This show was about breath. And um, I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't wait to make, um, you know, my, uh, to put together my opinions on the other songs in the set because I don't know what else is in the set besides breath because that's all anybody ever talks about. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll have to see for ourselves and then uh, do what we do. The best way to do it is see for ourselves and do what we do. <laughs> um, yeah. And although we made a wrestling reference on this podcast, we didn't make a baseball reference at all on this podcast. That pretty impressive. Football just ended and pitchers and catchers are reporting and uh, yeah. we're getting close here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot more. Baseball reference. Oh, here, here's a good reference. City Field was in the uh, Endgame trailer for Avengers. Yeah. So uh, that was awesome. Hopefully there's there's a war at City Field or something like that. But uh, that has nothing to do with Pearl Jam. We, we have run out of time. We have run out of things to talk about. So we're going to say goodbye to you all because it's the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. Thanks again for being a fan, tuning in, live on Four Legs Podcast for Randy and Matt. We will see you next time. Bye.